Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy la duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Ah, yes. Living the dream once again on a beautiful Sunday. Hartman and Orenberger, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Richie, how are you today? Oh, man, I am good. You know, I, I'm I'm keeping a low profile, low pro right now because we uh, we have a potential outbreak of a certain virus floating around our planet at this point. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, keeping my head below the clouds, trying, uh-huh. to, trying to keep 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 healthy. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, yesterday John Brankus reminded us that the odds of you dying uh, from the coronavirus are actually less than being hit in the head by a coconut falling from a I, coconut. Yeah. I will say this. Part uh, of pe- keeping, more people yeah. are killed by falling coconuts part than of, the uh, uh, coronavirus. We live in Southern California, so the climate's right. Yeah. I've cut down all of my coconut trees. <laughs> all of them. Every last one of them. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Look, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm a little risk averse these days. I got two young kids. I was just talking about them. Uh, they need their dad. Right. So no coconuts. Right. I don't even drink the water from the coconuts anymore. Who well, knows? Well, remember this. We So we had apparently our first coronavirus fatality in the United States, a man in, in Washington. Right. On average, average, 25,000 people a year die of the flu just in the United States, on average. So right. we've had one death from the coronavirus, and every year about 25,000 people on average uh, die of the flu. And look, I have no idea. Look, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> just, you know, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I look at these things right. from the standpoint of anybody else. Uh, when they say like a novel virus, like one that they haven't seen before. Right. The one thing I do know 
mm-hmm. is I don't want something they haven't seen before. Okay. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's a spinoff of a coronavirus, because if you look at, and it's true, on the back of, like, Lysol wipes or, you know, bleach Clorox and wipes. And by the way, the the amount, people don't, <laughs> I will say this, I don't know about your workplace around wherever you are, Yeah, but- here and this has been as long as I've been here, yeah, and I've Fox been around Sports here Radio. way over a decade, right? We don't just have hand sanitizer; we have like sparkless bottle containers. Oh no! I mean, we're like buckets of this, this stuff is, wherever and every room. There are actually this is a half gallon. This yeah. is a half gallon right here. That like we have less milk in my fridge right now than I do in my hand. This is a half gallon yes. of hand sanitizer. There is so much of it in this building. And by the way, way ahead. This isn't something that's been recent. This has always been a big part of the Fox Sports Radio studios. But so on the back of some of these like disinfectant wipes, like you know the yeah. kind where you you know you you know the top, you yes. pop it open, yes. right? And then you pull out the the little the little uh, pre-moistened rag and yes. then you wipe down your workstation or whatever your your countertop. Oh, Sam is Sam literally gives the board a bath. Yeah, oh, before yeah. he touches anything. On, on the back of it, it says it kills the coronavirus, along with other <laughs> things. It kills the common cold, right. the flu, the rhinovirus, all but this stuff. what do you right? say to the 38% of the people surveyed that believe that you can get the coronavirus by drinking a corona beer? Well, you know, th- those people, you can't save those people. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, so, you ever, ever wonder about, like, you, you hear about these scams. Yeah. And, like, how, who would have buy into a scam like that? I mean, you get a phone call and someone's saying, yeah, this is the IRS. You owe us $10,000. Or, or the email chains. You're yeah. like, no, I gave $100,000 to yeah. a Nigerian prince. And you he say, well, like, who falls for really this stuff? He really needed it. Yeah, exactly. He really and you're like, who it. falls for this stuff? And then you find out 38% of the people believe they can get the coronavirus by drinking a corona. Well, yeah, you, you know. Uh, scary, actually. Yeah, very, look, again, you can't, you can't say save those people but the, yeah. for the people yeah look here's the thing like yeah. anytime they say it's a new strain it's a new strain yeah i don't want it like you know so i am trying to yeah. keep i'm i'm keeping a low profile now here's the problem with like hand sanitizers yeah, go right ahead. you can overuse them because oh, no. like the idea that your your hands are like a petri dish okay yeah. But if you, but actually, you become immune to certain things by having a certain amount of oh yeah of disease on, on you. you yeah okay and that's how you have your own you build your own resistance yeah so you don't want to over sanitize because then you have nothing you know and so it's a balance yeah. again act. folks we are medical doctors so right. everything we say <laughs> yes. take I'm very seriously I, I re- <laughs> all right well, let me ask you this yeah, yeah, okay yeah. so we right now. Like look at look at the combine. Nobody's there. Uh, we now have soccer matches around the country where they're not letting crowds in. I know. Uh, by I the know. way, uh, one of the things uh, Brankus reminded us about transmitting this disease is that it can only be transmitted if it comes through your mouth, your nose, your eyes. In other words, and when the problem is why, why they always tell you to wash your hands is because you're constantly touching your face, right? And that's how it's transmitted. But now we're going as far as, you know, soccer matches. They're not allowing big crowds in. And Brekus is like, look, if somebody had full-blown coronavirus and they coughed on, like, the back of your heel or on your back, you're not going to 
get the coronavirus. It has to come into Listen, your you know, mouth, your, yeah, the, your the, nose. I know, I know, know. But you it's know, it's like what? inhaling yeah, any kind of. I, I get it, but disease. you know, what? no offense to John Brenkis. Yes. I mean, I know he's he's, he's the he's, science guy. Yes, he is the science guy, and and he has sort of uh, geolocated the force vectors involved right. with uh, launch angle of right. Major League Baseball players. Yeah, but I'm not going to John's house if mm. I if I come down with something. Okay, you really? know, so look, I'm I'm trying my best. To take my advice. Look, if someone has the coronavirus and they cough, sneeze, and spit in your face, I'm telling you right now. Yes, you are going to get the coronavirus. I mean, and in general, like it's not like you like if somebody goes, yeah. So, so turns out I'm number 65. I I, I'm the 65th person who got the virus. I'm not going to be like, you know what? Stephen John Brinkus says that it's fine for me to hang out with you. So let's go. Let's go get some coronas together. Like I'm not doing it. (laughs) I I think I'm steering clear. All right, very very good. Uh, uh, so anyway, well, the, the deal about it is it, there is a level of paranoia right now well, about large crowds. The Olympics is talking the about Olympics. a potential cancellation. I mean, that is incredible. Well, think about this in Japan. They've closed down schools. For like a month. You know, for a couple of Tokyo months. Tokyo Disneyland is, is shut down, yeah. So if you were an Olympic athlete, you've trained four years for the biggest event of whatever your sport may be, I mean... Are you worried? Well, I mean, we had the same situation down in Brazil, right? Where the the disease, the Zika disease, where pregnant women and they had the small. I mean, that was terrifying. Everything is just saying, don't leave the country. You're fine if you're in America. I'm reading a story right now. The University of Houston has a little worry. You know why they have a worry? Because an employee was just overseas. Okay, so right. don't yeah. go overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me ask this Shelter question. in place. Is Hawaii considered? I mean, you cross a sea; it's con- it's not continental United States. Mm-hmm. I have a wedding I have to attend in late April, and let's just put it this way: we're not so sure we're going. Really, <laughs> it's not also not a great time to take a cruise. Some of our Fox Sports radio hosts are on cruises right now. Not a great. Well, well yeah, the I, thing about yeah. Hawaii, obviously, a huge tourist state, is that they get a lot of tourists from Asia. Well, yeah, and so you know, and, I don't and know. if they're if they're bringing us something over i mean wow i don't know i don't yeah, i think just lock the door well, i mean i'll put it this way the safest place in america is in a fox sports radio studio yeah because, right. because the amount of sanitizer <laughs> and if somebody, it really is incredible if anything knocks on my door the first thing i do is i open the mail slot i go are you coronavirus or do you have yeah no i'm not coming no go away <laughs> I said go away, please. <laughs> All right, so in light of the hysteria uh, around the coronavirus, it seems almost secondary to talk anything sports-related. <laughs> but we will continue on with our sports talk. And, of course, we're getting uh, wrapping up the uh, NFL Combine. Uh, we have uh, plenty to get to with the Combine. And we get the usual storylines out of the Combine. You know, somebody runs a really fast 40, yes. whether it's a big man that breaks a 4.8 or, you know, a receiver goes into the 4.2-something range. And yet none of that seems to really matter because so many of these names that pop up as these, you know, phenomenons at the Combine – Five years from now, you're like, what was that guy's name? Right. Because he hasn't made it in the NFL. Turn on the film. I'll tell you what the best indication of whether or not a guy can play football or not is if he can play football or not. Turn on the film. This is lazy scouting. If you are 
an, an owner of a team, for crying out loud, who all of a sudden sees a guy run a really fast 40 and he had a, something less than a productive college career. And because he played in a big conference or he played alongside other athletes who are really good too, you make assumptions on how valuable he'll be to your franchise. It's a bad way to rate a player. There's also a lot of great football players whose draft stock plummets because they run a slow 40 time. I saw an Iowa defensive end, Iowa Sam. Epinesa, am I pronouncing his name right? You are correct. Okay, so I called the Holiday Bowl. I saw this guy play. He's an excellent defensive end. He ran a 5.05.40. He's going to drop down certain teams' draft board because they're going to say, oh, shoot, yeah, he's slow. No, he's not slow. He's slow over 40 yards, but how often do you need a defensive end to run 40 yards to make – a tackle or to sack the quarterback. He's an absolute animal in the best way on the defensive line, and a team's going to be lucky to bring him in because of the effort he showed at Iowa, a hard-nosed football program. But these are the stories that constantly come out of the, the combine. And This guy underperformed, so now he stinks at football. This guy ran fast, so now he's great. It's an idiotic review of talent. Well, and again, the ultimate example of overrating a player based solely on the combine actually happened 25 years ago. Mike Mamula out of Boston College. It's still legendary because he really trained specific. So he was a defensive end out of Boston College. His 40 time was faster than linebackers. He benched 225 as many times as an offensive lineman. And he scored a 49 out of 50, 49 out of 50 on the wonder lick. So the Eagles are like, whoa, moved up seventh overall pick. They passed on Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks, both in the Hall of Fame. Mula played Six years, never made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, look, I, I mean, this is this has happened years and years and years ago. Like you're bringing up, it happened last year. It'll continue to happen every in the year. Future. It the the NFL Combine is a great marketing tool. It's a great marketing tool. It's great for the league. It's great for the players individually to market themselves, especially if they perform well. Because again, there are times where where we are beholden to the numbers. And we shouldn't be. Analytics can tell you a lot. They certainly can. There's no doubting that. Baseball is a game now that's basically predicated on the numbers. But in football, there are so many variables that occur on a football field. It isn't just batter and pitcher. The reliance on 40 times and vertical jumps and standing broad jumps and bench press reps and all of that. You can throw all of that away in your evaluation and you'll probably be just about as good of an evaluator as you were prior to having those numbers. In fact, maybe you'd be a better one because you'd just be concentrating on what's most important. Can this athlete play football? Tony Mandridge, my all-time favorite. The incredible bulk. So you know what he did? He ran a 46540. 46-5-40 at well over 300 pounds. 39 reps. Oh no, he was on a, the bench. He was a beast. <laughs> he was juiced beast. out of his gourd. Yeah, Michigan State, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yes. The title was The Incredible Bulk. The guy looked like a brick house. And so in that draft, Aikman goes number 1 to the Cowboys. He's taken number 2 by the Packers and the next three picks in the draft were Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, and Deion this Sanders. This happens all the time. So, again, so this is this is why when we watch the Combine, nothing out of this Combine is real, good or bad. 
None of it is real and has zero bearing on whether or not a guy can actually play football at the highest level. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Now, there's a lot of things rumored about the NFL offseason, and until the future of Tom Brady is secured, everything's on hold. And now there is a little hint, maybe, about what the next move for Tom Brady is going to be. We're going to tell you about it coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote are you tired of staring at that dent <laughs> At Mako, getting collision repaired is as easy as book, quote, fix. Come to Mako for a collision repair backed by our best price guarantee. Uh-oh, better get Mako. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger here on this Sunday. There's always NFL news. But when it comes to the NFL and what is a very intriguing offseason, especially for quarterbacks, so at the Combine, we talk about a Joe Burrow, we talk about a Justin Herbert, obviously Tua Tunga Vailoa, not able to throw the ball right now, but measured in at six feet. And by the way, there's only been three quarterbacks drafted in the first round, six feet and under, uh, in the in the modern era. What are you kidding me? Six feet at this point is a skyscraper at the position. Well, Last Kyler year's Murray, first overall yeah. pick was five foot seven on yeah. tiptoes. I remember they well they measured <laughs> five ten and a half really. Um, but uh, Michael Vick uh, and Johnny Manziel, those are the only two other guys to be drafted in the first round. Obviously, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees under six feet, but they weren't first round uh, draft picks. So all that commotion about those quarterbacks, but you know it it, it starts with the goat. Tom Brady, your former teammate, and what is Tom Brady going to do? 
So everyone's looking for some indication. So Tom Brady, along with his buddy Julian Edelman and Jimmy Fallon, were all at the Syracuse North Carolina game. Nosebleed seats, terrible seats, all the way up in the rafters. No, they were they were courtside. Oh, my mistake. So courtside seats, <laughs> and they zero in on Edelman. Now this is the same Julian Edelman who was jumping on top of a Mercedes recently, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. his blood uh, alcohol was out of control. Yeah, he that was, guy. He, I, I believe earlier in the night he mm-hmm. was out partying with like. <laughs> I, I don't want to misname him, but it might have been Paul Pierce. Like, yeah, that would make sense because he was a former Celtics player. Right. A couple of guys, you know, because Boston, New England. A uh, couple a couple of former player guys out at a Mexican restaurant, and he has one too many margaritas. I guess it sends him a little haywire. But, yeah, he was, he was blowing off steam on top of a Mercedes, sure. All right, so they close in on this uh, star trio. Edelman, the most anonymous, obviously. So he's sandwiched in between... Jimmy Fallon and Tom Brady and Edelman looks right into the camera and he says you could easily read his lips you didn't have to be an expert he's coming back he's coming back I think what happened if now I'm, if I'm Fallon, reading the situation Fallon's reaction right. to me was the clap I think what happened but Brady was, had a very different reaction I think Jimmy said yeah, and I'm talking about Jimmy Fallon said to Julian Edelman, so uh, so what's the story with your buddy over there? Because Fallon's sitting on the opposite side of Edelman, like you said, uh, in this Fallon-Brady sandwich, Edelman's the meat. And so he goes, uh, he's coming back. He's coming back. And then he gives this look to Tom, like almost like, okay, I'm goading you into a reaction. What are you going to say? And Tom looks pissed. Tom yes. looks very uncomfortable with him saying that out loud. And so then Tom, in a separate video, there's another angle, looks to be saying, mouthing the words, he's not. So if in sequence you think about what happened, Jimmy asks jokingly to Julian, hey, so what's the story? Edelman goes, he's coming back. And Brady goes, he's not. So look, what I've heard, and this is through the grapevine, Take this with a grain of salt because, again, I'm I'm not going to state my sources and I'm not going to stand by this as concrete truth, but this is what I've heard. Somebody extremely close to Tom Brady has recently said, and I, and I quote because this is what I heard, there's no effing way he comes back to New England. Okay, that's as recently as two and a half weeks ago. All right, but let's. Okay, okay, now this is. Again, Why? First of all, again, you have been insisting all along there's no way he's leaving. I Look, I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I think he has the best chance for success with New England. But I've also heard, and again, these aren't sources I'm ever going to share with anybody, but from people who were there, especially during the, the heaviest and most public amount of discord we've seen in recent memory in New England, that many of the stories that you read about, you know, talks about how there were issues between Bill Belichick, the Patriots training staff, and Tom Brady, and his, you know, TB12 method, especially with the shop being just walking distance from the training facility at Gillette Stadium, players were rehabbing injuries over at Tom Brady's place instead of rehabbing them with the Patriots trainers, and this was creating a rift. 
there were Brady guys and there were Belichick guys. And, I mean, Belichick was just as in the middle of this as Brady was. Just as much as Brady was trying to convince guys, you know, and again, these are this is from sources. I'm not saying this as speculation. This is from what I've heard from people who were there. They said that just as just as much as Brady was trying to steer guys toward using his methods, you know, and Gronkowski is one of the more uh, notable public disciples of Brady, you know, going the TB12 method and all that pliability and the flexibility and, you know, some of his weight loss and things of that nature. There were other guys too, who were being convinced that this was the right method for them. And Belichick didn't want it to be so. Look, there's a Patriots way and there's a Brady's way. And that was made very clear to me by people who were there. See, I look at it this way if I'm Tom Brady. This is almost, we all do this. You know, when you have a choice, you you weigh, weigh the, the good and the bad. So the perfect scenario if Tom Brady, the perfect scenario for Tom Brady, if he were to leave the Patriots and go to another team, is the team he goes to wins the Super Bowl and the Patriots go 4-12. and 12. In other words, it proves they collapse without Tom Brady and we, he goes to somewhere where they don't want to, and they win the Super Bowl. Sure. Does that seem like a likely scenario? Because anything less than that, let's say Tom Brady goes to another team and let's say they get in the playoffs, but they don't win the Super Bowl or don't get the, the Super Bowl. And the Patriots without Tom Brady still win 10 games. To be honest with you, that's a more likely scenario. In other words, could Tom Brady help the Colts or the Titans teams that are already built for the playoffs make the playoffs of them? Yeah. But when you look at Tom Brady, you think Tom Brady would be that much more effective than Ryan Tannehill was for the Titans last year? Would he be that much better? Because Tannehill was playing some pretty good football for the Titans. Would he be that much better? So, again, answer, if you're Tom Brady, the, the my point is yes. Well, the answer well, is yes for so one he would have So he would have won the Super Bowl with the Titans because that's the only thing that was missing from the Titans was getting to the Super Bowl. So he would have beaten Patrick Mahomes. Uh, would he, he have beaten Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? The, 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 you're asking two separate questions. No, I'm saying is. Okay, hang on. You had Tannehill uh, yeah, get on. there. Yes. So you're saying Brady would have beaten Patrick Mahomes in Kansas no, 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 City. No, no, no. You're asking two separate with the questions. Titans. You, you, you well, asked, I said, can he do better? Steve, Steve yes. So, so to answer the that better question, is to okay, beat Steve, the Chiefs, Steve. What? No, that's not true. Would the Titans? Of course, beat, it is. No, it's not because that's the bar you're measuring at. Would the Titans be a better team last year with Tom Brady as their quarterback? The answer is yes. How do you know that? Because Tom Brady's a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. So he again, the Titans only fell because they couldn't what beat the Chiefs in the NFC Championship game, game. What type? What part of Ryan Tannehill's game to you is better than Tom Brady's game? He had a higher passer rating last year than Tom Brady. In significantly, one, one season of his life, right. he's had a higher of his entire career. So, no, he's no, had but a higher my point is, rating than would Tom the Titans Brady? last year have been better off with Brady? Would the only way they could have, have been Tom better, Brady or Ryan Tannehill. Well, as I'm not going to compare their careers, but right no, no. now, I'm, I'm saying Tom last Brady's going to be 43. No, 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 no. Okay, stay. I'm saying last hold on, season. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ryan Tannehill or Tom Brady. Let's put a break on it for a second. Yeah, hold yeah. on, hold on, break it. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I don't want to blow right through because we got to find out what's trendy. Of course, right now. David Gascon, who would like to join this conversation. You guys right want to go? 
Well, I mean, you guys want to go? Here, here's the point. <laughs> I mean, I, I we, we could go on forever on this, but the idea that the Titans would have gone further this past season, which could have only been to the Super Bowl, um, do you think if you had substituted Ryan Tannehill with Tom Brady, they would have beaten Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs last year? I'm gonna say yes. You think he would have yeah. beaten Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? And, and I'll give you one reason why that was recent history. Okay. The Denver Broncos, with a dead arm, Peyton Manning, were able to be carried by their entire defense to not only get to the Super Bowl, but to beat a 15-1 Carolina Panthers team. Yeah, but the Titans the didn't have that kind of defense It's year. okay. The, the one benefit that, that Denver did have with Manning was Manning's mind. So he's able to audible in and out of formations and plays and things of that nature. Right. Ryan Tannehill, of course, he has a better hold, arm hold right on. now. Remind, remind me again. Who did the Patriots lose to in the playoffs last year? Well, I understand that. Oh, that's right. They lost to Ryan Tannehill. I, uh, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. So who did the Patriots beat on their way to a <laughs> wait Super Bowl a the year before that? They lost that? to Ryan Tannehill. The Kansas City Chiefs led by Patrick Mahomes. That was the Mahomes. year before. Yeah, Steve. Okay. Okay, you're you're busy with Ryan Tannehill. We'll take Tom Brady. L- We're listen, all set. They did nice. play against each other no, in the playoffs. Good. No, it's, there, no, it's good. There, there you was can take a, Ryan Tannehill. There was a reason Las Vegas had betting lines on who would have more yards in a game. Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill. That's right. unprecedented. How many times in a league like this, the way it's structured, that you're going to have a betting line on your running back outgaining your quarterback in passing yards? All right, so we had a head-to-head matchup between Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady in the playoffs yeah. last year. Well, you had Tannehill's offense versus New England's defense, yes, and Patriots' offense versus Tennessee's defense. Right, well, How many it. yards did Derrick Henry have in that ball game? by the way? Mm-hmm. Again, it's the question. I'm just asking you, could Tom Brady have taken the Titans further in the playoffs than Ryan Tannehill last year? In other words, would they have won in Kansas City? New England. At uh, one point, the Titans. At one point, the Titans had a 17 to 7 lead over KC. Yes, and they couldn't close the door. If that's Tom Brady, they're winning that football game. I'm okay. ju- look, I mean, that's I, your belief. Well, yeah, yeah Tom Brady has them. And yeah. you know what? Steve's belief is Ryan Tannehill's the better quarterback. So that's fine. You know what? Brady had a game winning drive <laughs> going the at the end of the Titans sure game. Was. Come on. All right. Uh, okay. All right. You got Last Tannehill. year, head to head. Yeah. Okay, listen. No, Ryan it's fine. Tannehill listen, the they're game. both free agents. I keep, I keep looking if at the score. If you were a general manager, I'm sure the owner wouldn't laugh you out of the room if you said, yeah, let's sign Ryan Tannehill over Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's Remember fine. New England had a 13-7 lead over Tennessee and never scored again. I mean, if you guys want to get dead of brass tacks, you could make the <laughs> oh, argument that, 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 hey, Give me Jameis Winston or even Ryan Fitzpatrick for one game with Tennessee's defense. All right, well, because you know they could get white hot in a moment's notice, and they could be stone cold as well. All right, well, these are all things we'll be discussing. I think your update's over. No, we got more. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bucks are playing right now. Bucks and Hornets right now in the first quarter. Milwaukee leading by five, 23 to 18 is the score. Cincinnati at 25th ranked Houston. They're up by three, 23 to 20. St. John's by five over Creighton, 63 to 58. And then on the ice in New York, Blue Shirts are getting hammered right now by the Flyers. Flyers 4 nothing over the New York Rangers. Hey, Rich, what was your 40 time? My 40 time was a five. It was a sub five one, like a 509 or a 505. That's something pretty like quick that. for a guy what, that size. What was your shuttle run? 
I want to say it was a 4-4. It was in that range. Yeah. You know where he excelled was the uh, standing high jump, right? The vertical? Your I vertical had, was really good. I had a 31-and-a-half-inch vert. And by the way, you say, well, when would an offensive lineman have a vertical? How about a tip pass at the line of scrimmage? It happened a couple Suddenly times. Suddenly it's a jump ball, right? Yeah, and, and then you see old Air Ornberger get up there mm-hmm. and like, you know, can I dunk from the foul line? Sure. But do I say it often? No, I wouldn't want to brag. How many times did you get your hand <laughs> on a tip ball by outleaping everybody at the line of scrimmage? I In my entire life playing football, I want to say it happened two times. Two times? Which is, All right. This which is, you know. Yes. Well, wouldn't uh, playing basketball growing up perhaps help you more with grabbing that tip ball with rebounding, right? Well, the, the, the vertical. The fact the of the matter is, I think every athlete who limits themselves to one sport, Sam, hurts themselves. Like, multi-sport athletes, like the fluidity you need to play, I don't know, whatever your three sports are, two sports are, you know, whether it's basketball Well, you played lacrosse. I played lacrosse, I played basketball growing up. Uh, Football really came on late. I didn't start playing until eighth grade, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very, very good. Uh, David, we'll talk to you a little bit later on. Coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, easy to save 15% of more car insurance at Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, well, continue my thought on why it would mean, well, it makes no sense to me why Tom Brady would really risk going to another team because none of it makes sense to me if you're Tom Brady. Let's say again he goes to another team and wins a Super Bowl. Does that raise his stature? I mean, you're already the GOAT, so you've gone from – Six Super Bowl titles to seven. You're already the GOAT. No one's arguing that point. You're the GOAT. Does that raise his stature? But Let me you do it. run the risk if you go to Hang another on. team and they, they're they a 500 team. You don't make the playoffs and, oh, by the Patriots, without you win 10 or 11 games. Now, all of a sudden, your stature could actually take a little bit of a dip you're looking at it from a very different standpoint than he probably is if he wants out when you're in a marriage Mm -hmm. and the goal of getting married is starting a family usually it means you're gonna have some kids and uh by a certain age you know say you send those kids off to college okay and one's going to harvard one's going to yale one might even be tracking towards working with one of the bigger law firms in the country. Maybe the kid going to Yale is in accounting and is being, uh, you know, uh, coveted by Ernst and Young. You know what I mean? Like you, you've successfully done it. You've created a family. You've, you've crossed all the bridges you need to cross. You, you're you, from all outside indications. You're a success. But say within this relationship, you with your wife or, you know, you with your husband, whatever it may be, you're unhappy. Yeah, everybody could talk about, you know, well, you guys are, are so good together and you've, you've done such good things together. And look at the offspring you've created. All and right, but let me slow you down. Good, why on, is he unhappy? On. Give me a one on. reason why then, Tom Brady would be unhappy you, in you, New England. You look at the relationship you have with this other party. And again, now. Who are you talking about? Are you talking about Belichick? Are you talking I'm about. I'm talking about Bob the relationship. Well, I'm I mean, talking what about relationship? Bill and Tom. Okay, so he's unhappy with the relationship. Why? So, well, so. After a while, if it's if it's loveless, you want to move on from this relationship because you still feel like you have more life to live. Yeah, but I'm talking to an insider. You played for the Patriots. Yeah. Give me a reason. I mean, you were I've there already for told three you, years. I told, you, I told you 10 minutes ago. Literally, people inside the building 
people inside of the what building happened? who I was talking to told me that when Tom started up the t- TB12 method, he was steering people to use his guys. Right. He was saying, look, I think I have a better path. Look, he's he, in a lot of ways, he feels enlightened by this trainer, Alex Guerrero, and the path that he's forged. He's a 40-year-old quarterback. It's working, won, obviously. Uh, for him, it's working. And so he's sharing the word. He's spreading the gospel. And again, he's had some players inside of that locker room of influence be disciples of Why him. Why would Belichick, is Belichick's ego so immense that he does not allow the even thought that Tom Brady has any significance to that team, that the only reason the Patriots have won six Super Bowls is Belichick? Is that really the Belichick mindset? No, no, no. Belichick actually is really, really misunderstood in that sense. Okay, well, they give us a light because what what I'm trying to gather here is a battle of egos on who should be getting the credit for the success they've had over the last 20 years. I don't think that's – I don't think the credit is necessarily important. I think it's working conditions. I think if you're a player – as statistically accomplished as Tom Brady, as team-wide accomplished, I'm talking about the Super Bowls, the nine appearances, the six wins as Tom Brady, you'd probably start to believe, and you'd be right, that your influence was impactful and mattered to that organization. And as you evolve personally, there is somewhat of an expectation for your environment to evolve with you. And I think that is where the discord started, is he began to evolve. Again, I think he took a lot of advice and probably very good advice for him because he's a 40-year-old and he's won a Super Bowl after 40. No other quarterback has ever done that. I think it's smart what he's done for himself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, but let's say believes, I'm a general manager. Hold but on. But if he believes that if he spreads this team wide, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And if you're met with opposition from a head coach who you've been working with for two decades, and and he says at a certain point, I'm, pu- I'm putting my foot down. Like, we're, we're not moving any further. We're not moving the line any further for you, Tom. Maybe that's the point where you say, well, this marriage can no longer work. Yeah, but what, what the... Per- what the- perception you're giving me remember Antonio Brown when he left the Steelers says whatever team side me is going to go by my rules same thing with Tom Brady no in other words Tom Brady comes in he goes first of all understand this Guerrero guy he's with me all the time well yeah I've also also run the offense that has worked incredibly well for 20 years and interchangeable pieces here's what we're doing with the offense because this is the only this is the offense I work out of and have been successfully for 20 years so I don't care what you guys got this is what we're going to do because I know it works because I've done it with different personnel. So essentially, you sign Tom Brady, you you would say, all right, a guy that's going to be 43 years old in August, I'm handing you the offense. You're going to play by the Brady rules. You could say, well, he's earned that. He's the GOAT. But again, not everybody. There are so many egos involved Steve, in the Steve, NFL. Steve, they Steve, say, you know Steve. what, Tom? You know, you know what? You I know what you've done in New England, in but we world? got some things we like here as well. How you, receptive you, to Steve, that would he be? You know who you make exceptions yeah. for in the world? You mm-hmm. make exceptions for special people. So you would hand over everything to Tom Brady. I would give him whatever he needed to be successful because his 
window of successful may only be a year. It could be two. It could be three years. But whatever he needs in that window to be successful, I'm all in. Okay, because so, if you sign let, him as a free agent, you're pushing your chips into you the middle of that table. You just said to me, though, that the, he's, there's a divide about you know the people he's surrounding himself with, and he seems to divide. Are you comfortable with that? If you're if he walks in and says, like it, if you're going to sign me, here's the way it is. We're going to run this offense. This guy, Guerrero's with me all the time. Understand that's the way I operate. If you want to do that, you got me. If you don't, I move on to somebody else. And you're going to hand that over to a guy that's going to be 43 years old. You're handing that over to a guy who's been to nine Super Bowls and won six of them in his career. All of them with the New England Patriots. And so if you're an owner and you're talking to your general manager and your general Mm -hmm. manager says, you know what, I think we ought to do it because like the Colts, it's been a decade and a half since we've won a Super Bowl. If you're going to be, I mean, the Raiders, when was the last time they've even sniffed the Super Bowl? Oh, I remember. It was when Brady beat them in the tuck rule game. How much so, How much is the Brady idea that he has this perpetual chip on his shoulder? 20 years after being a six-round pick, he sure. still feels it. And that Belichick has recognized that this is a motivator for Brady. So he doesn't heap him with praise. He treats him like every other player. If you suddenly go to a franchise that just lathers all over Tom Brady, could that endanger the mindset that has made Brady the quarterback he's been for 20 years? I don't know the answer to that question, and nobody does. But that is the risk if you're a general manager. You may be willing to take if you're looking at your, first of all, your track record as a general manager. You know, if you're Chris Ballard in Indianapolis and you say, I think I have a team that's good enough to win a Super Bowl, but I need a quarterback, and you have a shot at Tom Brady, you move heaven and earth to get the quarterback. All right. There's your Tom Brady right there. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. There are other quarterbacks we got to get to because this is quarterbacks is what we talk about all the time. There's another veteran quarterback that might be on the cusp of retirement prematurely. We'll tell you who that is coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Orenberger. It always gets spirited when we talk about quarterbacks because One thing we have to say, and most people would agree on this, is that so much of any player's success, especially a quarterback, is being in the right place, right time, right system, right coaches, everything has to fit. And so if you look at the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game, go back to a Johnny Unitas or a Joe Montana or any great quarterback, Otto Graham, the old Cleveland Browns guy, right system, right coach, right everything And that's how you succeed and familiarity with that system. So there's another veteran quarterback who's played his entire career with one organization, but he hasn't come close to the success of Tom Brady. And that is Phillip Rivers. In fact, head to head, Tom Brady, seven and oh, all time against Phillip Rivers. So when you have Phillip Rivers, who over the last 10 years, the decade that just completed, Started every single game for the Charger organization. And in that 10-year span, zero division titles and an overall losing record. Can you convince me, whether it's Tampa or Tennessee or Indianapolis or any of these teams seeking to get a quarterback that takes them from being good to great to making them an instant Super Bowl contender? Obviously, Tom Brady can do that. But is Phillip Rivers in that class? Can you show me anything on the Rivers resume that tells me if I insert this man as my quarterback, boom, we go from really good to instant Super Bowl contender? Do you have anything 
to back that up. Oh, of course. Of course I do. And if you go back through the years of his career, the best years of his career were the years where he had the best offensive lines or the healthiest best offensive lines specifically. Phillip Rivers is an excellent quarterback. Phillip Rivers has been victim of two things. One, his loyalty. His loyalty to the Chargers because they've allowed talent at free agency at skilled positions leave that team in droves. As soon as somebody commanded a large salary, they got stingy and they let talented players around him walk away. Offensively, that could have helped his career. The second way he's fallen victim is there have been, over the course of his near 15-year career starting for the Chargers, times where they were at a dearth of available and talented offensive linemen protecting for him. And he has one of the quickest releases in the NFL, and he's a good decision maker, and he knows what defenses are trying to do. But when you're not given enough time, you aren't going to have much success. Phillip Rivers, if he goes to a team with a great offensive line, has a great chance of making, if not a deep playoff push, win his first ever Super Bowl title. All right. Again, over the last 10 years, his record is 77-83. and 83. He has started all 160 games for the Chargers during that the span. The two outstanding years he had were 2013, where Ryan Matthews rushed for over 1,000 yards and he had a great offensive line protecting for him, and 2018, where he had a great offensive line. Two pro bowlers on that offensive line. They beat the Baltimore Ravens last season in their wild-card playoff game. All right, so Look, he has, When he has a good offensive line, yeah, but he has, he's a great quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Don't say great so much. Oh, but I'll tell you about someone great. The future of LeBron James coming up next. Rolling on on this big Sunday. Hartman and Orenberger coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance with Geico. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, so it's March 1st. You know, for a lot of people, you're like, finally, February's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, February can be a long sports month. I mean, we had a lot of things happening. Uh, one of the things we have happening in the, uh, before I get to anything else was the launch of the XFL week four this week, the attendance numbers have been okay. I mean, I, when I, if I see over 10,000 people showing up at these games, Rich, you, uh, you have a unique perspective because a year ago you were a broadcaster for the San Diego fleet of the Alliance of American football. They were in the exact same time slot, so to speak, as what the XFL is doing right now. Have you seen anything from the XFL? And let's take the finances out because obviously the AAF financially was not on the same footing as this Vince McMahon-owned league. But just the quality of the football, what you're seeing on the field, do you see anything better, worse about what we're seeing with the XFL that we saw a year ago with the Alliance of American Football? The same problems exist outside of the insolvency of the finances. That that again, I'm just like talking about on the field what we're seeing. Uh, on the field, the same problems exist. Uh, you you don't have enough quarterbacks to go around. Essentially, if every single one of the NFL teams has, especially in the off season, up to four quarterbacks, if not five, on their roster you're not going to be able to get many XFL quarterbacks who are really worth watching. That's the deal here. That's the problem. 
like, again, these rosters expand beyond 90 players in the NFL during the offseason. They want competition at quarterback, uh, especially teams who have a question mark with their starting quarterback. You're talking about now 32 teams times five, or let's, let's be conservative. Let's say 32 times four. You're talking about... 130 guys that you can no longer have if you're the XFL searching for quarterback talent. 130 quarterbacks. Think about college football. Division one college football, the top feeder for the NFL. There are only 130 teams. Yeah, and and how many of them have a star quarterback? 10. This, this is my point. Yes. So you cannot yeah. convince me that the XFL or any spring league uh, 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 football, pro football league is going to have enough talent at the quarterback position to even make a dent on the awareness of the general public. Now, what they have done, though, is filled some voids. This is a very creative idea by anybody who can float this financially. First of all, I have no idea what Vince McMahon's books look like financially. Maybe he needs to take some losses, and maybe the XFL is a creative way to show that he's taking some losses. It's tax time, people. Um... But maybe, maybe these broadcasters over the course of time will see value, even if it's even if it's minimal, uh, paying for these rights because advertisers are desperate for anything, anything that's going to draw any interest during this part of the calendar. And with all these networks really grasping at straws with, uh, you know, pay, uh, expensive original content or paying salaried people or freelancers to come in and fill time for them or rebroadcasting games, which is expensive, you have a cheaper option that may actually float this as a viable league for years to come. Well, here's the problem again for the XFL and any other football league starting at this time of the year. Even if you are a football fanatic – like football is the only thing that matters, you're still going to sneak a peek at some other things. March is about March madness. College basketball. Two weeks from today will be Selection Sunday. Yep. Two weeks from today, Selection Sunday, and the world comes to a halt. We we talk about this all the time, that as we sit here on Selection Sunday, everyone's going to grab their bracket yep. and they're going to fill out a bracket. Look, and I'm a bracket guy. Look, I'm I'm a former NFL player. Right, but if you are going to tell me what am I doing with my weekends, as much as, and I have an interest in the XFL, yes. I actually have some buddies who play in the XFL, guys who I played right. with in the NFL. Yes, and I want them to do great. But, but, and it's a big but. I I run a, a bracket tournament every year. Well, of that's course, my not point. For any money. My point is, of is course. that on Selection Sunday we'll be into Week Six of the XFL. Well, the second that the the brackets are out for the next three weeks. That's it. The brackets are the priority. And then once March Madness ends, we start the baseball season. You got the Masters. You get into April, which many people feel arguably is one of the one or two best sports months of the year because you also have the start of the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, if you're a hockey fan. So the the, the it comes, becomes a far more crowded field and I asked you this a couple oh, of weeks and you ago, Rich. The NFL draft, right? You and I are Huge going to event. be exactly, and so you and I are going to be sitting here in this studio as we get ready to kick off the XFL championship game. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to be doing that in the month of April when we got everything going on. We're getting ready for the draft. We got the baseball season underway. We got the NBA playoffs underway. Stanley Cup playoffs. We got the man. 
And I asked you, do you foresee us sitting down here breaking down the matchup oh, for no, the first no, no. ever XFL championship? The way I answered this weeks ago, and I'll answer it the same way. Yes. If we're talking about it at all. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, if we're right. talking about it all, if we're even mentioning it, and we still are. Mm-hmm. Mind you, we still are. Look, again, there's enough of a void from a sports stamp- standpoint in this part of the year, that the XFL has really cleverly, and the Alliance of American Football, but you got to sustain it, it, cleverly placed itself. Yeah, you do have to sustain it. But year one, the same way it was for the AAF last year, awareness. Is there general awareness? Are there some highlights matriculating their way into social media? There are times. I don't know the name uh, off the top of my head of the roughnecks quarterback, but I know I've seen a highlight or two from him. He's a pretty talented guy. I have no idea if he's going to end up on a NFL training camp roster someday or if he's going to find his way into the NFL at all. But I'll tell you, there are some moments – Matt McGloin calling out his offense, New York Guardians game, saying that, you know, we have to throw away everything we've done and rethink this whole thing. There's another player with the Tampa Bay team who straight up walked off the field because he feels like he's being underutilized. There are some storylines that are cutting through. Again, Am I stru- I'm struggling to remember the names and the faces and maybe the time frames. I'm I'm on it when it comes to NFL. I'm on it when it comes to baseball. I'm on it when it comes to NBA. Come March, college basketball takes over. Yes, the it Met- will take over. And, but but if you're cutting through it all, if you're cutting through it all, that awareness, that's exactly what they were fighting for. Year one, and I think they've achieved it. Well, well, again, call me in a month, and we'll see if 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 there's anything relevant, relative, uh, relevant about the XFL. Now, what is relevant right now is LeBron James. LeBron James is having an insanely remarkable season. What makes this season unique in the 17-year career of LeBron James is that for the first time ever, he is actually listed as a point guard. Now, you could say he's been a point forward because he's always had high assist totals, but this year he's leading the league in assists. 35 years old, 17th season in the NBA, and he's leading the league in assists by the wide margin, by the way, which gets to load management. This new phenomenon around the NBA uh, utilized to uh, a very effective way by Kawhi Leonard. He did it a year ago with Toronto. Set out 22 games during the regular season. Come playoff time, he was the best player out there. And they're doing it again with the Clippers right now. Clippers are sitting with the number two seed in the West. I mean, there's still five and a half games for the Lakers. But guess what? Despite the fact that they have rarely had all their guys on the court, they're 40 and 19. Not bad. Lakers are better right now. LeBron has made this clear. I am not a load management guy. That's not his mindset. If I'm healthy, I'm playing. Period. But if you're the Lakers right now, Rich, and you're looking at 24 games remaining in the regular season, you have a five-and-a-half game lead right now over the rest of the Western Conference. You're about four games behind Milwaukee for the best overall record. That doesn't seem likely mm-hmm. that you're going to catch them. So no. you're you're pretty well set. You're going to be the one seed in the West. You'll be the two seed overall. And you are facing the possibility of four best-of-seven series down the road against teams like the Rockets and the Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks. That's a heavy load. How are you dealing with LeBron James for the balance of the regular season? You've heard the expression, happy wife, happy life, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, 
Which is why I'm not married. Right, because it was happy me. Yeah, happy, happy, I used to say happy me, happy well, life, well, you, which was not good for a marriage. No, no, it's not good for a marriage, but but if it, you were going to make it work. Yes. Because a lot of people, and even still in this country, there are traditional roles and values. There's a lot of people, and I mean, look, I mean, to a certain extent, it's because one of our genders births young and the other does not. So while you're starting a family, there are years where a woman can't work essentially there are years or or is limited in that capacity so a lot of times you have the breadwinner as the man and everybody would say well then he should call all the shots and he should well, that's not the case we all know that's not the case because this is a partnership and it has to be a partnership to work and so even though financially maybe there's a breadwinner and from a strength standpoint, maybe there's a physically more imposing person. That's usually the man. And you could, you could. I, I, there's a lot of benefits to being a man in our society. I'm not speaking out of school here. I've lived 34 years as a man in our society. Mm-hmm. Have you benefited from that? There's no question. Interesting. There's no question because it's unfortunately there are gender differences, and and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But I'm you, a man. But I'm a man. But here's 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 the place I want to say. Yes. If you don't have respect for your spouse, it'll never work. If you don't empower your spouse, it cannot work. And so when you say happy wife, happy life, what it means is being a partner, being a true partner. In this situation, from all public standpoint, the Lakers, like right there, they are the more powerful part, like LeBron's career will has begun and will end, and the Lakers will continue to make money, hand over fist. They will be a power of the NBA for years to come. But during this partnership, happy LeBron, happy Lakers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, but hold on. A second during here. this partnership, so if LeBron insists, I'm playing 35 no minutes a night for every game the rest of the year because I want to do if that. Want to make this work? Happy LeBron. Happy life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, Happy but, but, LeBron. Don't you think it you does should, not matter. But don't you think you should reason with him at age 35? Again, the, the workload he is carrying right now is the point guard as opposed to being a power forward or a shooting forward or an off guard goes up. I mean, he's carrying a bigger load now. I know. Than just about any point of his career. But, but if LeBron James is LeBron James because LeBron James has been on teams that allowed the him to be LeBron James, and all of a sudden you're the Lakers and you say, because we're the Lakers, we're telling you to change what's made you special, uh, LeBron. I you are know. going to have a hard time winning with an unhappy mm. LeBron. Happy LeBron, happy Lakers. Mm. Who, me? I don't know. I... <sighs> You have to let him be him. I've always been a LeBron fan. This year, it's gone up tenfold. I'm just... LeBron James. LeBron James. Lost to the Grizzlies last night. I know they did. But you know what was interesting? It's a very, very good Grizzlies team. But but here's the thing. You know what's interesting? You mentioned losing last night. The Lakers didn't show up, right? They're down 22 early in the game. Jean Morant's all over the place, really playing well. By the way, after the game, LeBron is just heaping praise on Jean Morant. Oh, dude. But you know what else about that game? Did you, by the way, see that that almost dunk? Yes, the almost dunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, I mean, mean, the Lakers did come back in that game. They didn't come back to win, but they came back. In other words, they weren't just (laughs) mailing it in. I I don't know. It's a fine line because, obviously, if anything should happen to LeBron, forget it. Their chances of winning a championship are zero. They face Zion, the other rookie of the year, tonight. If anything happens to LeBron James' happiness, also forget Mm. it. Happy LeBron, happy Lakers.
All right. Uh, I do want to get into another facet going back to the National Football League. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We're getting to that point once again where we have a house divided when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement. It's the old story, the haves and the have-nots. And it appears the have-nots are going to have the final say. How does that sit with the NFL players? We're going to tell you coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Bundle home and auto with Farmers Insurance and you could save an average of 20%. Mic drop. The mic's covered. Call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. But if LeBron James is LeBron James because LeBron James has been on teams that allowed the him to be LeBron James, but... But, and it's a big but, I'm on it when it comes to NFL. I'm on it when it comes to baseball. I'm on it when it comes to NBA. There you go. The wise, wise words emanating from the mouth of one Rich Ornberger right there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. My adoring public needs to hear, needs to hear that's that level of radio commentary. One thing you could, you could take from that is that we were talking about LeBron James. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just, you know, observing. Wait, what gave it away? If you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to get back to the NFL for a moment here. Uh, it was an interesting week in the NFL, and we got some interesting weeks ahead. It's not about which big name quarterback is going to go where, it's about this collective bargaining agreement. And one of the things you would have thought over the years with the growth of the NFL, that somehow, some way, the NFL Players Association would gain stature, actually gain strength. 
But what is obvious over the last couple of weeks is that the Players Association has never been in a weaker situation than they are right now. And the evidence of this is, is that if you look at the collective bargaining agreement proposed by the owners, the only significant change from their existing situation, I mean, yeah, they're adding a couple extra players. It's obviously clear there's going to be a 17th game. There's going to be a 17th game, whether it's in 2021, 22, 20, there's going to be a 17th game. And what the NFL is offering, twofold, I love this. First of all, they're offering a $100,000 raise on essentially minimum wage. Now, we, we talk about minimum wage all the time in this country, right? You want to raise minimum wage so that everyone has a workable income. And then people actually start doing the arithmetic and they find out like the $15 minimum wage does not create a workable income. It actually, it's like more like $22 an hour, whatever it is. Same thing here. So you, 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 you throw out, we're going to raise minimum wage $100,000. Let's stop right there. Why is that appealing? Well, obviously, if you're a star NFL player, it has no appeal because it has no effect on you because you're not working at minimum well, right. wage. Let me, let me explain, though, why it could be appealing. Okay. So if I'm a rookie coming mm-hmm. out, or I shouldn't even say a rookie, but say I'm a college prospect and I'm about to enter the NFL, mm-hmm. I'm going from $0 in my bank account. In fact, in many of the cases, you're less than zero because your parents are still subsidizing you prior to your college career ending and then having an agent step in and subsidize you. And whether you're training on a loan, because a lot of these guys end up signing with an agent who may not be flush with cash, and so they actually have to pay back their agent for their training, or you're sort of training on a bargain. Whatever part of your salary you sign for, I'm going to get 3% of that, You know, should it not be a practice squad salary. The higher that initial salary is, obviously, the better your pocketbook is. The majority of this league is between a rookie or a third-year player. Correct. The majority of this league is playing for minimum salary. Exactly and the so point. if you are the owners, right. how do you make a collective bargained agreement look as attractive to the majority of the league? You 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 pass around $100,000 bills to younger players and you say every year it's going to go up by another $100,000 and guess what? Minimum salary come the end of this contract is going to be over a million dollars. And you're going to have players go, wow. Well, and a million dollars for a rookie minimum salary sounds awesome. But then, you know, sort of track 10 years out. I mean, compared to what a quarterback could be paid 10 years out, a quarterback could be getting paid $55 million a year annually this compared is the point. to a, a okay. minimum salary of a million dollars. All right. So, again, this the owners are, they didn't become billionaires by being stupid. All right. So, The way the collective bargaining agreement works is you have a vote of the players. They need a 50% plus one vote to pass it. Well, you just said the majority of the players are on the lower end of the pay spectrum as far as the NFL is concerned than the higher end. So the majority rules. Simple as that. Here's another prime example of how the owners play them. So they they decided they were going to throw out this idea of a 17th game and put a $250,000 cap on payment for that 17th game. You know what the owners now say? We're going to take that cap away. So we're giving you something. And you're like, you're not giving us anything. Because first of all, 
you're the ones that came up with that cockamamie $250,000 cap on the 17th game. And the fact that you're eliminating that cap without getting into specifics on where that money actually is going, you're not giving us anything. It's like we gave you something without really giving you something and we took it back. You know, it's sort of like paper money. Like, you you know, you have money invested in something and you say, well, I have something that's worth X amount of dollars. On paper, it's worth that, but it doesn't necessarily translate into reality. So this was another ploy by the owners saying, well, well, well I'll tell you what, that $250,000 cap, which never has existed, by the way, because there hasn't been a 17th game yet, we're going to take that off the table. But it was never on the table because we don't even have a 17th game yet. Right. These are the kind right. of, you know, it's Look, a shell game that yeah. the owners are playing to give the perception Oh, we're giving you this. We're giving you this. I'm letting we're you know you this. this until until player safety and and it is actually this this sounds really backward, but follow me here. It's actually more beneficial for the owners to act as if football is safe and not actually improve the safety of the game. The reason for that is if the general public believes that the game of football is safe, it means you're going to fill practice fields with young football players or you're going to practice heads up football where everybody tackles the right way but when you say shell game here's the biggest myth this is going to be a dangerous game no matter what you do from a player safety standpoint it will always be dangerous and the reason is because it's inherently dangerous if you take two grown men and you have them run at each other as fast as they can and hit each other whether wearing helmets or not it's a dangerous game guys are going to get hurt Guys are going to lose consciousness sometimes. Brains are going to be battered. It's just inherently dangerous. It's the same as boxing, any pugilistic sport, MMA. It's inherently dangerous. You cannot improve that by leaps and bounds. So if you have the vision to the American public, have your kids out, play football. We need to make sure we keep the talent pool large so we have an exciting game. We need to keep young fans engaged, so let's create fantasy football opportunities so we have a a young demographic watching our game as they age. All of that is mightily important. But if you keep the game unsafe, which, again, inherently it is, you're going to have short careers, which means you're going to have a weak union. And if you have a weaker union, you're going to be able to bargain for deals that favor ownership. And so from the, the inception of this sport to current day, the model benefits the owners because a dangerous game limits lengths of careers and it creates a younger pool of players to negotiate with who actually who are going to be short-sighted in their negotiation tactics. All right, on the other side... New numbers have come in to fuller to further illustrate how absurd this one-sided negotiation is going with the NFL. You're not wait till you hear these numbers. You're gonna it's gonna blow your mind. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's find out what's trending right now as we welcome back the one and only David Gascon, who, by the way, yes. I heard yes. yesterday yes. is back on creatine. Is that correct? Oh yeah, you were listening. Of course I listen. I listen to everything you do. So you were sitting there with Jonas yesterday okay. talking about that you have fallen back into the creatine trap. I mean, it's a trap. Our body produces it. 
Okay. I mean, it's like if I was getting on HGH, our body produces that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this, Rich? Well, look, creatine. We're only separated by five years. Scientifically speaking, uh, yeah. it, uh, you know, it extends that ATP phase. So he's going to get a couple of extra reps on the bench press. There's no doubt about I it. I haven't benched in probably a year and a half. Mm-hmm. All right, maybe push-ups, body weight, squats. Right, so how many? How many? Squats. How many? How many Hot times could? How many yoga. times could you push the 225 at the combine right now? What do you think? Oh, right cool. now? Yeah. <laughs> Probably like 12 times. That's it. 12 times at 225. Oh. That's still pretty good. Yeah, that's a large number. I mean, you, 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 I mean for the general you're public, not 20 years old. It's like pushing could, a bus across the street. But I, could, I think it's in the top half of the update anchors. Yeah, the wall. Oh, yeah, I'd argue. Yeah, it's not saying a whole you know, lot. I'm using you, the PEDs are using them. I will say this. Have you seen our anchor stuff? Ilo though, <laughs> Ilo would have you buy like four reps. Oh yeah, yeah. Ilo. Ilo and I would have the same reps. That would be zero. Uh, you guys, you guys would need like four spotters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two for each uh, by side the way, the bar. Ralph Irvin, forty-seven reps. Forty-seven. You know what Ralph. Ralph would be though? Ralph would be the type of guy like the offensive lineman, or he actually he wouldn't push the weight. He'd bounce it off of his chest. <laughs> exactly. You know, like the, the strawman competitions. Yeah, Those exactly. guys like bounce the barbell off. Yeah, it's that, pretty... doesn't, that doesn't count. Steve, uh, I forgot <laughs> to mention this to you yesterday, but yeah. speaking of absurd. Um, I know we're going off the beaten path, but uh, UC Davis and LMU played a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Game went 24 innings. Wow. And That's... we were talking about you broadcasting long games, whether you got stronger as a broadcast yeah. or you wear down. 24 innings. Yeah. Wow. I remember doing that uh, a few years ago up in Bakersfield, and it went 17 or 18 innings long in Modesto. And how were you feeling by the 18th inning? I, I had to revert to talk about Ben Maller's crepid, old, <laughs> d- despised show uh, Monday through Friday. I had to go to some of his little bits. It was pretty bad. I was running out of steam. <laughs> I can only imagine. There, there was uh, uh, Ross, <laughs> Ross Porter, the great Ross Porter who did Dodgers for many years. He had to pull a solo job where Scully missed a game, yeah. and it went like 20-plus innings. It, it's in the record books, oh the longest goodness. solo broadcast of a Major League Baseball game. <laughs> I cannot, I can, what did the 19th inning sound like? Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, like, it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I'm lucky that it, it was minor league baseball, so I could talk about right. you know just the atmosphere, sure, yeah. shots being popped off behind home plate, mm, uh, yeah. taco trucks. Hey, it's minor league <laughs> baseball, man. Like It's just kind of wild. So, yeah. I, how deep into the family tree of the catcher did you get? You know, he had an uncle once who well, uh, picked his nose. You can was, always revert back to the old Harry Carey days. Check out the sombrero down there. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was great at observing people yeah. in the stands. See, I was lucky because I remember that catcher. His name was Daniel Torres, yeah. and he was bilingual, mm-hmm. but his parents were extremely successful, so they had deep roots in terms of athletes right. and education. So. Hi, everybody. I want to talk to you about the deep-rooted catcher. <laughs> Man, I wish I had a little Harry Doyle in me, too. Some Jack Daniels by my side. Yeah. Um, Holy cow. Exactly. Holy cow. Uh, guys, Right now, speaking of Milwaukee, the Bucks are playing. They're in Charlotte, leading by nine, making 11, 68 to 57 is the score. Giannis had 21 points in the first half, and right now he's got 27, nine, and six is his stat line. No Chris Middleton. He won't play today or tomorrow. He's out with neck soreness. Meanwhile, college basketball scene: Cincinnati down by 10 at Houston, 45, 35. St. John's took care of number 10 Creighton, 91 to 71. On the ice, Philadelphia holding on right now. They led 5-1 in the third period. Rangers have scored twice. It's now 5-3 with about 6.33 to play 
in the third period. Iowa, are we doing any good stuff? No, no. We are good. Just... No farmers, Mr. Gascon. All right. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, none of that good stuff. Sweet st- what? What? I don't know. <laughs> All right, what, I'm going to stop you guys what, right now. What did you? It's a mess. <laughs> the creatine has taken effect. It has. I haven't so. taken it at all. <laughs> I got some. I got some super creatine bang though in front of me. Oh, oh okay. So, Heads up. You guys don't drink. Energy. Well, Steve, you don't drink coffee, do you? I have not hot. Co- I, I have cold iced coffee, oh, like, boy. but a small one, you a know, whipped cream and all that stuff. No, none of that. No, no, no. I uh, usually half and half and sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's a little it. half and half. Okay. A little half and half. I like that. Um, all right. Well, David, thanks. Get back to your creatine uh, routine right there. <laughs> right, yeah. We'll see if you're any bigger by the time yeah. we uh, I check I expect in with your you forearms again. to look like McGuire's yeah. mid-90s. Um, <laughs> all right. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance at Geico. Go to Geico.com <laughs> or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, Rich, prepare yourself for this. Okay, you ready? yeah, go ahead. All right. So, as you know... The owners are really pushing for the 17th game, and that's really coming from above them, which are the networks. They want more product. (laughs) You're not going to believe this. All right, so currently the player's share of the TV money, it's 48%. They get 48% of the revenue. If the league secures a 60% increase in TV revenue, if. Okay. It will go from 48% to 48.5%. But this is where it gets good. Oh, boy. If the TV revenue goes up 120%, then it will go from 48.5 to 48.8. Okay, so let me get this straight. If it goes from 0 to 60% increase in revenue, sixty a 60% increase in revenue, so think about hang on. well hang up. Let's let's do it this way. Yes. Let's do it this way. Say you had a pizza. Right. Okay. And say you had that pizza cut into 10 slices. Now that's a lot of pizza. However, 60% more pizza would be that pizza plus six more slices from another pizza. Right. That's a tremendous amount more pizza. And we're gonna, and for that, we're going to give you a half a percent <laughs> more of the revenue. But guess what? By the way, if I still, we double okay, that yeah. total, yeah. so not just 60% okay, more, okay. but 120%. So, well, now you got two pizzas let me do the, plus two. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Two full pizzas yes. plus two more slices. Then, now that is an obscene amount of pizza you're going to have to call company. Then it won't just go up half a percent. It'll go up eight-tenths of a percent. Goodness gracious. So, And then they are saying that this would be even more of a motivating factor for the players to wrap their mind around the value of having a 17th game. Because oh, if man. you give that 17th game, there's a chance that we're going to increase revenue by 120%, and that means your share is going to go from 48%, not to 48.5%, but 48.8%. Look, this is why J.J. Watt has spoken out publicly against 17 games. Richard Sherman has mm-hmm. spoken out publicly about 17 games. Uh, Julian Edelman, those are current players, but former players have, as well, including myself, have spoken out about 17 games. The, the Look, it's not the players' fault. Those board of reps, um, it's not the, the, the membership of this players' union. It's not their fault. Look, 
this is something that I felt from the time I was, you know, a, a freshman in college uh, to the time when I was a rookie in the NFL to when I was a rookie broadcaster. There are just certain certain things that you don't know until you experience them. Right. You Look, I, I couldn't tell you how to shape a radio show until I actually did it. I couldn't tell you about the speed of an NFL game in the regular season or the postseason until I actually played or started in games like that. I couldn't tell you what it was going to be like making the leap from high school football into college football where I wasn't the only All-American or All-State player on my team, where I was literally surrounded by them until I actually experienced it at Penn State. I couldn't tell you because I wasn't experienced. That's where the owners have such an advantage with such a young league. You have a bunch of young players who aren't experienced either A in life Because you're talking about a cross-section of 20-year-old to 24-year-olds in general. And B, in negotiation tactics. And C, even in their own careers. A lot of these guys are treading water to keep their heads above water. Yeah, but again, here, again. I'm talking about like this is what we're talking about. Baseball players, the association. Is, They're old. You have a bunch of guys. You know who their but union you know reps what? are? They, They're a bunch of old, grumpy baseball players and who guess are great what? negotiators. Is the best ever. Exactly. You talk about the greatest union. I'm NBA. not just talking sports union. The baseball players union yes. is unmatched. And, and they the have NBA everything. is close behind them. And the reason why is because the players are So where are is old. the leverage going to come from? Create some leverage for the NFL Players it Association. Is, I'm telling you right now, it is nearly impossible to convince a room full of 20 to 25-year-old men to think about themselves when they're 35, to think about themselves when they're 45. How have the other sports been able to do it? Their union reps are old. Their their leagues are much older. Look at the average the age. The NBA's not older. No, it certainly is. Look at the average age in the NBA. Compare it, especially the influence of the older players in the NBA. You know who their union president is? You say an Aaron Rodgers, a Drew Paul. Brees has no... It's uh, LeBron James. What about Drew Brees? What about Aaron Rodgers? You mentioned Richard Sherman. You talk about Russell Okung. These player reps have all been playing eight to ten years in the league. Again, your you're, you're, you're backs are against, so you're trying to convince a room full of 55... 56 people, including practice squads, so you're, you're extending out so close to 60 people in every single room to listen to a guy like Richard Sherman, who's made millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, right, and- you, you, like so many times over, to be careful with their money because a labor strike or a strike or a lockout may occur that is going to compromise your, potentially your career and you're going to listen to that? Look, in the NBA, everybody's rich. In Major League Baseball, contracts are guaranteed because they have older union reps. They have smaller memberships. It's easier to convince young younger players to go along with the herd. How do you think the Astros got an entire clubhouse involved on a sign-stealing scandal? Because you have a small group of players and you have veterans saying, no, we're doing this. So guess what? Everybody's in the boat. In the NFL, there's division because you're trying to convince 60 men, and the majority of them are between 20 and 24 years old, to do the bidding of a bunch of old guys who are millionaires. It's very difficult for a young player to comprehend, and the owners in the NFL absolutely feast on the young. All right. Part of the problem for the players is – is they get very little sympathy from the fans. 
I'm going to tell you coming back why it is that the disjointed amount of money being heaped on players, I'm not faulting them, but it's where we are right now, has changed the whole dynamic of fan support for the players in their efforts to get the right deal. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, an incredible change in the economics of sports. Coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. (laughs) Steve Hartman and Rich Ormberger, we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com. For a free rate quote. So as the um, as all these athletes are quibbling over money and what they deserve and everything else, I want to get a little perspective on money in general in sports. I looked this up yesterday, and uh, it couldn't have worked out any more perfectly. In the year 1949, so we're talking 70 years ago, okay, for 1949. The presidential salary was raised from $75,000 to $100,000. Harry Truman was the president at the time. 1949, President Harry Truman was paid a salary of $100,000, which, by the way, in today's money is the equivalent of a little under $1.1 million. Okay. So $100,000 in 1949 today is the equivalent of about just under $1.1 million. That's pretty good, though. The very same year, 1949, Joe DiMaggio became the highest paid American athlete in baseball at the time, 
being paid $100,000. Became the first baseball player to make $100,000. So in 1949, the president of the United States and the highest paid athlete, Joe DiMaggio, were making the exact same salary. 1949? 70 years ago. So they're both making $100,000. The president of the United States and the highest paid player in baseball, which is the highest paid player in sports, Joe DiMaggio, $100,000. Let's fast forward 70 years. In 2019, the president's salary went from $100,000 to $400,000. And the highest paid baseball player went from $100,000 to $39 million. Right. So in 1949, the president and the highest paid player in baseball were making the same amount of money. 70 years later, the president's salary is $400,000. And the highest paid player in baseball last year was... Steven Strasburg, he made just under $39 million. So the president of the United States making 400000 leader of the free world, Steven Strasburg, $39 million. And you wonder why a lot of people have a complete disconnect with the funny money that's being passed around. Oh, now, again, Steve. You, oh, Steve, whoa, whoa. Steve, Steve. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Because this is a misrepresentation. It, this is a misrepresentation. Well, how's it misrepresented? Because nobody in the United States, mm-hmm. nobody in the United States cares about what the president is getting paid compared to athletes. Nobody cares about that. But they do react to what they do for a living and what they earn compared to athletes. Now, let's be fair then. If that's going to be the case now, let's rewind the clock to 1949. I knew you were going to go here. You yes, teased the stats 1949, yes. You know what the average income mm-hmm. for a family was back in 1949? Right, probably nothing. Oh, yeah, so it thousand. was $3,100. Right, was anybody so complaining Joe about DiMaggio the Right. was making $100,000. The equivalent of $1.1 million now. Compared to now, you're making thirty nine million one hundred dollars. So imagine that somebody who's working an entire year in a factory or on their farm or in a grocery store is making three thousand one hundred dollars, thirty one hundred dollars for the year. And Joe DiMaggio swings a bat in less games, mind you, than they play now for a hundred thousand dollars. Hold on, let's take the the wage gap between the average sports fan and Joe DiMaggio was just as absurd as it is for the wage gap of an average fan of any sports league and and the players now today. No, it's not, because I just told you, in 1949, making $100,000 is the equivalent of under $1.1 million. The highest paid player in baseball is making $39 million. So the discrepancy between the average American and Joe DiMaggio in 1949 was what three thousand to one point one million or whatever it was, as opposed to now and thirty nine million dollars. That is a major difference in the discrepancy. Right now, th- much more on this coming up next. Okay. All right, rolling along here. It is a Sunday, and we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We've been talking about some of the uh, economics of sports and how 
out of hand it is. I, I got to jump back and into yet, this. Uh, Hang on. Coming from a Hang former on. professional athlete who made the big money. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, Rich yeah. Ormberger. Oh, listen. He doesn't seem to think that there's any disconnect between the average individual making whatever it is. No, 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 no. no. And yes, somebody look. that's raking in 20, 30, 40 you'll, millions you'll, of dollars you a year playing never, a game. You will yeah. never, ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever hear me suggest even that I deserve the amount of money I was paid. I know. You've said that. Yeah, but like, it's just absurd. What athletes, what entertainers, frankly, in our country get paid, it's absurd. Look, I know we're very popular, and I understand that when you have box office attached to your name, that that people will literally line up uh, outside of movie theaters to see certain celebrities act in certain roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll you'll have encampments outside of box offices to see, you know, first screenings at midnights for the Star Wars movies. I understand the popularity of certain uh, cinema and certain, uh, certain celebrities. And then athletes, it, it, look, you have people paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in seat licenses to buy season tickets. They're they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in the licenses just to have the right to buy and exchange the season tickets that they want to purchase to go see and support the athletes they love. So yes, I understand. Celebrities and athletes, they command the salary they are paid. But is it deserved? Absolutely not. You know okay, who deserves? We, hang on. You know who deserves money is people run into burning buildings to go. save right, people like talking. me when we accidentally leave our stove on. Right? Yeah. Those are the people, the teachers who were mentors of mine growing up. My father, who provided for his family on a union gig throughout my young life. Look, we were broke, but we had a good life. We could have had a better one if pay really went the right way but look athletes get paid a lot of money i happen to be a professional athlete and i got paid a lot of money okay doing it. but here's However, what i don't understand here's okay. what i will say though i know i'll let you talk i'm sorry i'm nah, dominating yeah, yeah, yeah. the conversation well i mean i mean you're, you're i know you're, i can i can i can i can put an end to this conversation quickly the point i was trying to make earlier yes. with joe dimaggio yeah, who was when, a superstar. Right, he's a superstar. Yeah, he, everyone in America knew. And he got paid $100,000 back in 1949. Which, which is the in, equivalent of $1.1 million. million. When the average household in 1949 right. earns $3,100. Correct. The average income annual salary of households in mm-hmm. 1949 on the, the heels of the Great Depression making $3,100. Right, okay, w- okay, after the war, but yeah. Okay. After World War I. 20 years after the crash. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's put perspective. Maybe, yeah, it was a long yeah, but time. but it didn't Steve. go on the in markets, 1949 The war actually war was II. helping. Okay, look, here's the point yeah. I'm trying to make. Yeah, there were two world wars. Yeah. <laughs> here's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. If you take that salary and you put it in current day standards, mm-hmm. that would be like somebody who's earning $33,000 in today's age looking at somebody who's being paid $1.1 million. Correct. So you're talking about someone who maybe is an employee of a fast food chain mm-hmm. looking at you know, a second year earning salary of an NFL player. Yes. It's still absurd. No, no, no. But, but again, the idea of someone making... Let's say on average thirty three thousand. Then yeah. it's absurd. Now the, it will always whoa, whoa, whoa. be absurd. We've always paid our athletes yeah, but, at a no, wage no, no. gap that is absurd to no, the no, general no. public. Here, here, Joe DiMaggio no, no, or no. Steven Strasburg. It does not the matter. Point. What is the point? Just calm down. Okay. For a second, all right. Man. I'll let you talk. I'm Ring sorry. down. Okay. Yeah. I get Relax. excited. You know. I get excited. Okay. 
Very excited. The, the problem, the problem again, is not paying the superstar big money. Nobody has a problem with Joe DiMaggio or Ted Williams or Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle back in the day being the highest paid player. Because in those days, the salary structure of sports was simple. The superstar got paid all the money and everybody else was making minimum wage. Back when Willie Mays was making $100,000, the average baseball salary was six. $6,000 a year. That's what they made. So you paid your star all the money, and the reason you did that was is that that's the person people are paying to see. Where sports has completely gone out of whack. And with all due respect to you or any other offensive lineman that has ever played the game, they're not paying to see you play. Now, you could say, yeah, but they are paying to see the quarterback, and now we are protecting the quarterback. But the idea of the salary structure, let's say, in the movie industry, yeah, you paid your stars because people are buying tickets to see them star in a movie. Everybody else, and any actor will tell you this, they're taking over the scraps. Currently in the NBA, there are 52 players this year that will make a salary of $20 million or more. 52. Let me give you an example. Nicholas Batum. Go on. Nicholas Batum has played 12 <laughs> years in the NBA. Played with the uh, Portland Trail Blazers for seven years. I loved him with the Blazers. And he's with Charlotte now. Okay. This year, he is averaging 3.6 points and 4.5 rebounds. For his career... He has averaged 11.6 points and 5.2 rebounds. In other words, he is a serviceable journeyman. This year, Nicholas Batum is making $25,565,217 with a player option of more than $27 million next year. My guess is that no one has ever bought a ticket outside of maybe a family member, to see Nicholas Batum play a game. Oh, I wouldn't dispute that in the least. So how did we get to the point? And this goes back to the rise of free agency in baseball. I remember Claudel Washington. He was a good player, sort of a borderline all-star. He got a huge deal from the Atlanta Braves, I mean, relative to the time. And people are like, what's going on here? Right. I mean, the idea of free agency, you play the superstars. Yeah, you know, the Hank Aarons of the world, they get... Reggie Jackson, that's a star. That's some. Why are you paying this guy? Well, what happened was you get competition for the services. Let me give you another example. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Let me let me argue. Hold on. Let me argue where. Have I finished my point? Well, I, I think we're getting the gist now. So you're saying that the reason why you feel that these leagues are so distasteful, and I'm talking about all leagues, right? You know, hockey, football, NBA, doesn't matter. When you look. At any of these professional athletes, not the stars, not LeBron James, but the Shane Battiers, right? Not not the Tom Brady's, but the I just give you Nicholas Batum, okay. who you could not pick out of a lineup, nor could ninety point nine 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 percent of whoa, the whoa, whoa, of the population. Whoa. I love them with the Blazers. Anyways, no one remembers Nicholas <laughs> Batum. My point is, yeah, as an everyday worker, right? Okay, which my dad was. You know what he said to me one time because I was embarrassed about my paycheck talking right. to him about it. And it's all public record when right. you make a certain amount of money. 
I say, yeah, I was like, this is this just feels ridiculous. Because there were times where we would go out to dinner and my parents would still pick up the tab. There were certain dinners where we would go out and it was absolutely assumed that I was picking up the tab because we were going to a fancy steakhouse. I wanted to treat my parents and, you know, I just wanted to do something nice for them because literally they they subsidized my entire life up to a certain point. Right. But I remember one time having this conversation with my dad saying, I'm embarrassed by some of this, this sudden wealth. I'm like, there, there, there is, I mean, public record. And I was like, based on conversations we've had in the past where my signing bonus is more than you earned over, the, uh, over 10 years. And I was like, and, and that makes me uncomfortable. And he said to me, you should be proud of that. And you should be proud of all the players who performed what you're doing, and he's like, and pay it forward to the players that come after you. He's like, I'm a part of a labor union. He was like, and our union fought for great salaries for its membership. And he was like, and if we weren't for the Postal Workers Union, I wouldn't be able to provide for my family. And he was like, and we have good benefits. He was like, your health care was covered by the union I worked for. He was like, and we had we had reasonable salaries and we had reasonable vacation time. And he's like, and now you're a part of a union membership too. And part of being in that union is the responsibility of those star players to either accept less so those below them could have more. And that's the reason why baseball has a strong union. And that's the reason why NBA has a strong union. And that's the reason why really the NFL is in last place. It's because you have such a young union. You have such young players who can't forecast out the rest of their lives. They're not all that interested in lifetime benefits for players because they're short-sighted in their youth. That's the reason why my dad told me not to be embarrassed of my salary. He said, because guess what? Yeah. There are a lot of people, truck drivers, postal workers, uh, union maintenance workers, contractors, laborers. All right, but I'll who, tell you who, who is telling you you laborers. should be embarrassed by it. The Bernie Sanders of the world are saying that we have inequity as far as money in this country. This is a big subject matter in our country in this election year. No, I get this it. is what I this do, election do. is all about. The haves and the have-nots. Are we going to see NBA stars get out there and pumping up for Bernie to basically wipe out their wealth, the taxes, so that we can have free health care, free education, all the different free things? That Nothing's free. Obviously, somebody has to pay for it. But what we're saying is oh, look. the people of extreme wealth, which obviously are professional athletes, there are very few people on the planet that make any profession where 52 people are making in excess of $20 million a year just in base salary. Okay. Look, I, look, I want the I don't NBA know. to start paying I, I for my children's education. I don't know a Bernie Sanders, right? I don't know a Donald Trump. I don't know a Klobuchar or a Warren. What do you mean I don't, don't know? know I don't know him personally. You know you who know. I do know, though? Well, you know what you, they stand you know, for. Yeah, sure. But you, you know they what? Drive actually, it down your throat. I, I don't know. I'm, not, I, I'm not even sure I know what they stand for. Are you for. saying they're lying? Listen, they're politicians. Oh, okay. But you know who I do know? And you know who I yeah. know whose heart is true, and when I speak to him, is proud of me for mm. the efforts that I put into what I did. Yes, is my dad. Okay, well and that's so, great. And so listen, yeah, mm-hmm. there there may be some people who are embarrassed to a certain extent, and I deal with it because I have one guy in my corner who says, "Son, you worked hard. Don't be embarrassed." Because like a lot of other hardworking Americans, right. your union fought hard for yeah. your benefits, and you should be proud of that. All right. Well, there's a lot of people that are doing uh, strenuous. You think the president is underpaid at four hundred thousand dollars a year? Of course, this current president doesn't take the salary, but do you think the president of the United States should make more than four hundred thousand dollars a year? When you have perfect, you have fifty-two NBA players making at least twenty million dollars a well, year. Well, look, if 
Should Nicholas Bata make listen, 500 times more getting, than the president of the United political. States? Here's, here's I'm a, asking listen, you. Listen, listen, listen. It doesn't matter who the president <laughs> is. It, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who the president is, who the senator is, who's the congressman, who the city council member is. I don't think they should draw a larger salary from the office they hold to serve the general public than they do in the private work that they do aside from that. That was the foundation of this government was to have civil servants not lifetime politicians. That's all I'll say. Steve, can I jump in here real quick? Yeah, so the uh, the, the Nicholas Badham this year is making 62.5% more than the President of the United States. Do you think that's right? Do you think that's okay? Can the President rebound? Nicholas Badham. Well, I, I, I have to, I have to uh, jump yeah. off of what Rich's point here is. Yes, obviously the, the wage gap between professional athletes and the working Joe out there has become monumental, huge gap, huge disparity. But if you look at the fact that if you're going to pay the President of the United States $2.5 million or something, people would have a huge problem with that because it's taxpayer-derived. So, but you have no you have no problem with uh, Nicholas Batta making $25 million. I just well, want to say I, from private my industry. problem is that it's Nicholas Batum. Nicholas Batum is like a French philosopher <laughs> yes. or something. So. Yes, I, so, uh, I call correct. him Batum because By the way, it's like Tatum, For Batum, the record, Tatum. Nicholas, if you're listening, I loved you with the Blazers. So the fact that he's making <laughs> 62 times more than the President of the United States <laughs> sits well with you. All right, well, that's good. Well, again, where's the money coming from? Is it okay. coming from taxpayers? Four hundred thousand dollars from taxpayers versus four hundred thousand dollars from well, what do you think the money uh, is coming? What do you think the money is coming from? It's coming out of your pocket. I mean, obviously, television revenue comes out of the pockets well, of the general yes. public. Steve, how much money do you get? We paid pay for into golf? it not, willingly. Not There's an argument dollars that a year. The, the president is the most underpaid position in the you know job in yeah. the world I don't or know. in America well, no, if, you're, if, if you're the if you're a critic of the president you say he's overpaid well you could say that the president might need a raise maybe up to maybe 600 but at the same time well, the president be... never is in need okay Lately. Lately. well I just told you Harry Truman, Truman made a hundred thousand dollars which is the equivalent of 1.1 million well, today look, 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 look. and the president's I, making four hundred Obama's so, run yeah. Netflix right now pretty much they're <laughs> yeah, doing yeah, fine yeah, yeah. I, do. I, I don't think anybody is right. hearts breaking for any politicians you know I I think, I, but I will say this as yes. a blanket statement: mm-hmm. politicians are all overpaid because they should be underpaid. That was that was. If you want to talk about founding fathers, these guys were teachers, they were store owners, they were local businessmen, they were lawyers, they were people who worked in private industry, they were farmers mm-hmm. with pitchforks, and they came together a couple of times a month to help lead and guide our country. No, you just heard what Bloomberg said: How tough is it to be a farmer? Throw a seed in the ground, let it grow, and that's what he said. <laughs> A billionaire, completely out of touch. All right. I don't want to get political. We're in I the love this. Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's March. What does that mean? <laughs> madness. March Madness. Where are we right now? Two weeks ahead of Selection Sunday. We'll catch you up. Coming up next. Bundle home and auto with farmer's insurance, and you could save an average of 20%. We know a thing or two about how to save a buck or two. Call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers, Truck, Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Let me give you another example. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Let me let me argue. Hold on. Let me argue where have I finished my point? Well, I, I think we're getting the gist now. Yeah. It's absurd now. The, it will whoa, always whoa, whoa. be absurd. We've always paid our athletes yeah, but, at a no, wage no, no. gap that is absurd to no, the no, general no. public. Here, here, Joe DiMaggio no, no, or no. Steven Strasburg. It does not the matter. Point. What is the point? Just calm down. Okay. For a all second. right. I'll let you talk. I'm Ring sorry. down. Okay. I, yeah, I get Relax. excited. You know, I get excited. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm no, dominating yeah, the conversation. Well, I mean, I mean, you're. you're I know. You're, right? I can. I can. I can. I can put an end to this conversation quickly. <laughs> there it is. 
<laughs> By the way, Gavin, have we uh, has management called in yet? And we, yeah, I think this is good for ratings. Actually, you, people you like you a like good that? debate. Right. Debates are popular. I don't yeah, know this time of year. Hopefully, a debate's going to come to some sort of sort of conclusion. You've heard of Super Bowl Sunday. You've yeah. heard of Super Tuesday. This is just Super Sunday. Well. Uh, <laughs> It probably illustrates, again, like during the football season, Rich and I just sit here and just talk about the games for four hours. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, hey, touchdown Colts. Um, <laughs> so it's a little different at this time yeah, of year. Yeah, we're not dummies. Like, yeah. we think about things, too, you know. <laughs> All right, once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home – is hard work. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See how much you could save. Geico.com. It is easy. All right. March Madness. Again, you know, it's interesting. No matter what subject matter you get on, there's always going to be a debate. And let me give you a prime example as we are two weeks away from Selection Sunday. Mm. So you're going to have a field of 68. You have the automatic qualifiers, those that win their conference tournaments. And then, the, the first and then you have the at-large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's the whole point. Oh, I know yeah, it's yeah. who selected is the, they expanded the 68. four. The only reason we have the first four now is they expanded how many at-large teams. Yeah. That's how they created the first and four. And so then they play their way into the bracket guide. No, what I'm saying is the field is made up pretty much 50-50 between those that win their conference tournaments and the rest of the field is filled out by at-large teams. You're Every talking conference... about the entire group of teams I'm talking about the 68. Oh, right. Okay, all right. So it's not necessarily, obviously, the best 68 teams, not even close. No. Because you have all these smaller conferences. You have over 30 conferences that get an automatic qualifier into the yes, tournament. correct. Okay. We're in agreement there. Okay. <laughs> We're in agreement pretty Let much Let me everywhere. get through the thought. Then you can respond. Okay. All right. So this process of trying to get the most representative field for the tournament is a very inexact science when you're automatically qualifying schools that really are not among the top 68 teams in the country. It's a problem. What's an even bigger problem is a lot of these Conference tournaments in the smaller conference. Let me give an example. You could have a team, let's say they win 27 games in a conference that's so small, they're only going to get one representative. And this team has dominated the entire regular season. And they get to their conference tournament championship game and they get upset by a team that had a losing record during the year. And guess who gets the NCAA bid? The team that had the losing record. And the team that won 27 games, sorry, you didn't win your conference tournament. But let's go on a bigger scale right now. Now, you would think in a power conference that winning a regular season championship over 18, 20 games or whatever it was for the conference year, that if you're in one of the major conferences and you do that over the course of an entire season, that should be a sure ticket to the NCAA tournament. But right now, there is a school in a power conference that is anything but a sure thing for the NCAA tournament, and it just happens to be a school I went to, UCLA. UCLA last night took the outright lead in the Pac-12 conference. They've won seven games in a row. They're sitting at 12-5. and five. They have one game left. If they win that game against USC at the worst, they're going to tie for the conference regular season championship. Bottom line is, unless they win the conference tournament, 
their chances of making the NCAA tournament are almost zero. All so right. I'm right. going to ask you, the yeah, conference tournaments, which in some way give everybody a chance to get into the big dance, should that be the sole reason to get an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament? Okay, I thought you were steering this in a completely different direction, and right. that's the reason why I bought up the first four. So right now, you're absolutely right. You have your conference champions, you have your at-large, but you also have this little sneaky tournament that takes place that give you those last four slots. Why do we stop it there? Essentially, UCLA is maybe a bubble team at best, but here's what should be done in NCAA basketball. Instead of having a round of 68, let's do a round of 136. That sounds crazy, but it's not. Because you have over 300 Division I basketball schools. And you're 100% right, Steve. There are teams that are in this tournament that don't belong there. So why not get away from it? Why not exploit it? Why not increase the field by double? You give people a 136-team bracket to fill out. Now that's something. Do you think there's going to be a single school that is going to turn down an opportunity to play in an actual tournament game? You're now representing close to half of the teams in a true, let's find out who's the best team in America standpoint. To me, this is, I, I mean, broadcast networks will fall over themselves for this type of content. 136-team bracket. That's what I propose. Then that solves all these bubble team issues. What, you're going to start arguing, no, they're actually a 136 seed. They shouldn't be left out of the, the tournament. No, you can't possibly okay, argue that. Okay, all right, well, let's, let's do it this way. Because I've been back and forth in this idea. So, in some respects, I do like the idea of the conference tournaments. Now, not every conference has everybody included. But... Theoretically, everybody has an opportunity at the end of the regular season before the conference tournaments to make their way into the NCAA tournament. And we've seen it. We've seen teams with losing records pull the miracle and they win the games they have to win and they get there. So right now there are 350 schools in 32 conferences in what they call Division One. So do you like basketball. my idea of 136? All right, so let's let's go. You you got 64, 128, 256. So if you go 128, 256, you're only adding one more week to the NCAA tournament. That essentially is the conference tournaments. So if you were to eliminate the conference tournaments and you're at 256, the remaining 94 schools you could have like you know two extra weeks to work their way into the field of 256. In other words, it is very conceivable without really lengthening the season of having an NCAA tournament where everybody's in it from the very beginning. All 350 schools are in the NCAA tournament. Is that something you would like? I, I'm Again, I'm talking about one more expansion of the bracket. If you want to go, if you the eliminate full, the conference tournaments, if you, you want to go the full Monty, I'm into it, and I'll tell you why. Because then, truly, college basketball come the postseason would be an absolute meritocracy seen nowhere else in sports. Right now, there are still good teams, teams that could go and win it all, who are left out on the bubble, who people will cry about because they haven't made a field of near seventy teams. You'll hear people weep big boy tears over this. But if you have 
130 teams? If you have, like you said, 250 teams, nobody can weep about those left out of those brackets. You can't because you're now representing either close to half or, well, more than half of the entirety of Division I college basketball. I think it works. I think it works. Eliminating conference tournaments probably wouldn't be popular with conferences, right? Okay. I don't know. If maybe, you expand the NCAA tournament to include everybody, I mean, but, you're just you're making more NCAA tournament. But maybe, What's of more value, the NCAA tournament or what, conference what, tournaments? What you may be able to do with these conferences is say, listen, we're we're thinking of doing a major expansion here, yeah. so all you have to do is shorten your conference season. You can still play out your conference championships. We'll still give you better seeds right. for your conference champions, but we want a representative tournament to whittle down to one team who's won it all, and I think it works. I think it works marvelously. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's find out what's trending right now. David Gascon standing by. How do you feel about an expanded NCAA tournament to include everybody? Uh, I think it'd be wonderful if we were talking about college football's expansion. Mm. Yeah, I know. Um, well, college football has no playoff. But, Division one. Yeah. No, I know. But we're not. Ta- we're only talking about Power Five, right? Like, we're not going to get a Hawaii cracking the code against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl or anything like that anytime soon. Unless we had like San Diego State running the table or a Boise running the table, which I don't think. Well, I think what what I'm I'm trying to figure out here again, you have thirty two conferences in division one basketball. Yeah. And when you talk about some of these smaller conferences, a team that has dominated the entire season, clearly the dominant team, has a bad day in their conference championship game, and it's the other team that ends up with the ticket of the NSA tournament. Right. Like we could do out here out west, we can do either Gonzaga, right. San Diego State, or even UC Irvine. Yeah, but they're going to get at large bits. I'm talking about conferences where that team is going to get completely left out. Okay, so you could do something like the Big West Conference. Well, even UCLA, UCLA very conceivably could win the Pac 12 championship regular season title. Yeah. And not get but, a ticket to the NCAA tournament. Here's the thing, though, is that UCLA is a is a blue blood in college basketball. So I think name and reputation alone, mm. worst case scenario, if they don't win the Pac-12 tournament, I think that the the name of UCLA brings a lot more firepower. Uh, not not but, when you're net ranking 76. Like uh, it of is course, right now. I will argue one thing, and this is one drawback of of doing this huge expansion, like I was talking about. Mm is all of a sudden you may end up having like a uh, a showdown of Grand Canyon against like uh, Southeast Missouri State. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> by the way, imagine the odds. Right now the For odds the of having a national championship game. The odds of having it. a perfect bracket right now with 68 schools is 1 in 9.2 quintillion. Right. Imagine what the odds would be with a bracket for 350 teams. <laughs> slightly worse. Slightly worse. Man, I would love it though. I, wow. Infinite. I don't but, even know. Is there a number big enough? Probably not. Yeah. Better off figuring the the uh, the number of pi. Um, guy. I mean, what about this though? Because you think about it, exposure. How often do people pay attention to college basketball until they get to March? None. I'm a very s- small percentage. Yeah. You might be rooting for your school, but that's about it. Steve, you were mentioning the coronavirus earlier. Yeah. Um, did you see the bad news in Paris? I know. What happened now? The Louvre has closed down. Really? Because of concerns right now. So, yeah. The whole world's shutting down. It gets 9.6 million visitors, or at least it did last year. Do you think we should shut down March Madness because of the coronavirus? Well, I'll be, cancel dude, it? I wouldn't be shocked if, if this has an impact on American sports I mean, there soon. was a man in Washington that died of it. Yeah, look, yeah. I mean, right now, I, I know I, I was Sam. Looks like he's itching to leave. 
Or he's just itching. Do you have coronavirus? Oh, my, my entire body is sterile, okay? Because I've, I've just been wiping every surface down. Every surface. <laughs> Sam got upset when John Brankus mentioned the fact that more people are killed by falling coconuts. I didn't get upset at that. You're a little triggered. I thought that was a great uh, little you story <laughs> there. Listen, yeah, I, I, I said earlier in the show, I stay away from coconuts. Everybody knows that about me. Uh, guys, Giannis had 41 and 20 on the day. Milwaukee beat Charlotte 93-85 to 85 was the score in that one. Chris Middleton did not play because of back soreness. College basketball, Houston dropped Cincinnati by 13. St. John's by 20 over number 10, Creighton, 91-71. to And then in the National Hockey League, Flyers beat the Rangers in New York 5-3 to was the final score in that one. Devils and Ducks later on today, Kings and Golden Knights will be on NBC. Puck drops at 10.30 Eastern. In the National Football League, the Cincinnati Inquirer reporting the Bengals plan on franchising A.J. Green if a long-term deal is not met. Uh, Pro Football Talks' Mike Florio reported that right tackle Jack Conklin is expected to sign with the Jets, but Adam Schefter is saying that Conklin's got a lot more offers on his plate, so it doesn't look like the Jets will pick him up either way. Someone's going to get an excellent tackle. Uh, Gentlemen, back to you. Coronavirus, the NCAA tournament. All right, very good. Uh, David Gascon, please please do not (laughs) in any way, in the midst of all this conversation we're having, Gavin, mention a preseason Spring training. Well, look, Anthony game. Rendon just looks amazing out there. I was oh surprised my. it didn't make oh the FBI. Steve, oh he was my. gambling. He was placing bets oh on no. spring training games. Oh you're no. not betting on spring oh training. Cashing no. in. Please, please, I beg oh, you. Oh, Gavin. It's only gambling if you're not going to lose. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you, when, when, when you get into the sixth inning and the pitcher's wearing number 80, that's a bad sign Yeah, Yeah, go um, number 73. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, offensive line numbers are not good for pitchers. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, easy to save 50 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So two weeks away from Selection Sunday, and the real buzz is this net rankings. Okay, net rankings. Now, if you're not familiar with it, Forget the AP, forget the coaches poll. This is actually put out by the NCAA. It's only been around for a couple of years, but it's supposedly the barometer of which schools will be judged whether or not they should be included, especially the at-large schools that are, you know, if you if you play your way in, that's one thing. These are for the at-large bids uh, in the NCAA tournament. But I've been following these net rankings and – they, they simply do not make any sense. No, of course they don't. Now, let me give you another example. So this was a Pac-12 game last night, UCLA playing against Arizona. Arizona's coming off a loss against USC, and now they're playing UCLA. Arizona came into the game as the number 11-ranked team, despite nine losses. Number 11 in the net rankings, despite the fact they've lost nine games, Okay. And last night, they played against a UCLA team that was ranked 76th in the net rankings, even though they had rattled off six straight wins. So what happens last night? UCLA beats Arizona. So I wake up this morning thinking, all right, that should make a change on both ends. So I'm looking at Arizona. They lost again. They went from 11th to 11th. They didn't move. UCLA, having won twice against this Arizona team, went from 76th to 75th. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> hang on, hang on. It's like any ranking system. I'm trying to figure out, okay, okay. What, what exactly needs to be done I'll explain it to, you. to move the needle either in a positive way have you ever, or a negative way? Have you ever gone golfing with a guy who gives you his handicap? And for those of you who don't golf, uh, a handicap is is a number that aids your score uh, based on generally how you play. And so having a lower handicap means you're a better golfer. And then when you're scratch, meaning that you shoot par, you're a great golfer. You're, you're probably as good or better than the pro at whatever course you, you swing at. Here's the deal, though. You go out golfing with a guy, and he says he's got this great handicap. But then all of a sudden you realize off the tee box, he's like, well, we're not going to count that one. That was the first of the day, and you have a nice chuckle over it. And then he bombs one down the middle of the fairway. Okay? And then you get to the green, and he picks up a putt left eight feet out. He goes, that's a gimme. All right. And then you keep playing. This guy puts one in the drink. He puts one in the woods. And before you know it, you've counted about 12 shots that he didn't actually take. That's what the NCAA does with this net ranking. Yes, it is a guideline. It is a scoring guideline. But guess what? If it suits them to, somebody can pick up mulligans along the way. And I promise you that's what's going on. The algorithm is only as good as it can be. And at a certain point, the human beings who are selecting the slate of teams who are going to play in a tournament near you are going to tinker with the final tally. So that golfer who looks great on paper may not be as good as he says. Same as the tournament team who looks great on paper may not be as good as they say they were. All right. But here's the problem. Here's what I don't understand. Is a good win better than a bad loss? Because basically what I'm taking away from what the net rankings are doing right here is, like, if you're looking at Arizona, they were the number 11 team, and you lose the 76th team, right. you should go down. You you lost to the 76th team. But they didn't move at all. Yeah, but those who want to argue in favor of this ranking will say, yeah, but did you see the quality of some of the wins they had? But here's the other point. It's in their previous game, secret balancing act. Arizona was at seven. They lost to the number 40 team SC, and they went down four slots. Okay, so now if you look at UCLA, and again, I'm, I'm, I know people say you're boom, but I'm just using them as an example because I'm watching. They're sitting in first place right now in the Pac-12. Wait, wait where did you go to school again? UCLA. <laughs> UCLA is ranked behind in the net rankings behind Oregon State. Yes. Who's 15 and 13 in the Pac-12. I mean, they're, they're, and, and UCLA has this one loss. It sticks out like a sore thumb. They lost to Cal State Fullerton at home. Yeah. The Titans, as we can see, uh, Mr. Gavin, they're 10 and 19. A good old Polly. Tusks up, And guys. so, Tusks according up. to these net <laughs> rankings... That one loss, as ugly as it was, wipes out all the good. It wipes out two wins against Arizona, two wins against Colorado, a seven-game winning streak. It wipes out the first place standing in the Pac-12 conference. That one loss is so ugly. 
There's just no way around it. You could have like it's like that. This it's is like that cute, zit on your. The, it's like yeah. that zit on your yes. face. You could have the most beautiful face yes. on the planet. I can't get past that zit. No, dude, this is exactly right. You go to school the first day of school. You accidentally wet your pants. You're the peepee pants kid. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to beat that. I'm sorry. It happens, right? And this is the same. It's right. Millhouse. Poor Millhouse. Yes. But this is what happens with NCAA college basketball. When but, you but look the at question some, is, is that right? Some, no, is that, of, is of that the best formula? Again, look, Losses getting, to Hofstra, right, for UCLA. Is that going to hurt them? That hurts the net ranking. Yeah, but Hofstra's yeah, yeah, yeah. won 23 games. Okay, all right. All right. So, what, I'm what, talking what, about what, Cal State Fullerton. That, that is so Belmont? beyond bad. Belmont or something? That was last year. They actually That yeah. was the game in which uh, that uh, Alford got fired last year. They uh, they also did UCLA. They lost to uh, Bronny's AAU team as no, well, no, which really that. hurt them big All right. Time. So, anyway, no, no, the, no, the look, question the is, point right now, is UCLA one of the top 68 teams in the country? You know what? Maybe... If they finish Maybe. the season strong. I don't know. Every time I hear the announcers on the games, of course, you got Bill Walton doing the game. Uh, they insist. That, <laughs> By the way. They always say this. I wouldn't want to face this UCLA <laughs> team right now. Oh, Bill Walton. Well, you may not have to worry about Bill that. Bill Walton may be one of my favorite broadcasters right. just for this reason. You'll be in the middle of, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, steal, score, lay up. You know, and he's like, did you know how many bridges are in Portland? And you're just like, where is Bill right now? <laughs> and I get back to Nicholas Batum because he's from France. See, if he was an American, it'd be Batum. But no, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you so hung up on The guy from France is making 62 <laughs> times more than the president of the United States, a guy from France? Well, where were you manufacturing? Batum? I mean, you're you're a robot. You're not from here. Yes. Yeah. We're, well, let here. Me, we're gonna look Nicholas at. We're gonna look at. <laughs> we're gonna look at the manu- sixty-two times more than the president of the United yeah, States. We're gonna look at your manufacturing data. I'm also gonna that. change out your motherboard. We got yeah. or blow the dust. Guys, off averaging less than four points you. a game, four rebounds. You're all oh, that. Up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. By the way, I'm yeah. a Batum in Portland. Uh-huh. Huge fan. Okay. Um, we're going to break down spring training odds. It's something that Gavin, as our producers, just demanded throughout the day. Are we, see that? No, we're not, oh, yeah. we're not going to do that, okay? No matter how much you <laughs> beg me, we're not. However, we're going to get back to a little bit NBA uh, conversation. The most valuable player in this league. Is Giannis so good that nobody else is in the conversation? We actually have numbers to point out where he stands with the rest of the league coming up next. Do you know how many bridges are in Portland? And I get back to Nicholas Batum because he's from France. Why are you so Bobby, Why are The guy so from France is making 62 <clears throat> times more than the <clears throat> president of the United States, a guy from France? Well, where were you manufacturing? I mean, you're you're a robot. You're not from here. Yes. Yeah. We're, well, here. Let me, we're gonna look Nicholas at. We're gonna look at. <laughs> we're gonna. Yeah, Batum. Listen <laughs> uh, again. He was. Uh, I mean, he was. He was great with the Blazers. That's all I could say about it. I can't Batum. believe how much play he's gotten today. <laughs> I think this is more than our network has ever talked about. Well, Nicholas I mean, Batum. Uh, our network. How about anybody on the planet <laughs> right. has right, talked about man. Batum? Our all right, I want to I wanna, I wanna throw a number that a lot of people <laughs> do not understand what's happening this year in the NBA. 
Very quickly here. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people, and I'm one of them, they're trying to make the argument that LeBron James may have more value to his team than Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, that's the the kind. And to the league. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about he's had such a remarkable season. Yeah. But there is what we call a player efficiency ranking. Mm -hmm. And right now, this season – Giannis not only has the highest in the league, he is on pace for the highest number for any player ever. This is the in an NBA of, season higher of, than Jordan, yeah, yeah. higher than Will Chamberlain, best is, of all time. The amount of points he scores per the amount of time he's handling the ball is that it? Rebounds. There's a lot okay. of different factors here. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. More. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Conversation coming up next. <laughs> Woo! All right, it's been a uh, rather unique Sunday, in essence. It's March 1st. We thought, okay, you know, February's behind us. It's madness today is the best way to uh, describe what's happening. All right, once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Look, there is one subject matter that is just dominating everything right now, and that is this coronavirus situation. Oh, yeah. And the only reason we would mention coronavirus is that it would filter into the sports world, which it has. and It's everywhere. You can't avoid the coronavirus. And the fear factor, when you have 38% of people polled believing that drinking a corona beer will cause coronavirus, 
38 percent. I'm not talking about three percent or a third of a percent. 38 percent. Um, th- this is alarming. But it also talks about the the overall fear factor of the unknown. Uh, Iowa Sam is one of those. He really has a fear factor about the coronavirus. He's made this clear. Um, I'm just so thankful that they didn't like go. Yeah, it turns out this is this Wuhan Ornberger virus is sweeping the nation. Whatever you do, just avoid this Ornberger virus. It comes from the Ornberger province of uh, Germany or yeah, something. Like, you know? can you imagine? Like, how? Like, I mean, now you know. Like, it, I mean, look the Cerveza Masfina. It's one that I've enjoyed many times in my life. Squeeze a little lime, kind of, you know, stick it in the bottle, the neck of the bottle. Ooh. I mean, that is a nice pairing. But for them to be completely challenged by this, uh, by the way, the virus, the reason why it's called coronavirus, it's uh, aptly named, I believe corona is the Latin root word for crown, and it is a crown-shaped microbe in the virus form, coronavirus. So this is a very simple word association pieced together by our scientific community. Little did we all know. That this uh, Mexican beer company would be so negatively impacted by it. But you're absolutely right. There are a lot of people in this country who don't read past headlines, and they're a little confused by what's happening to all of us. Well, again, I, I look, I'm, I'm certainly not a doctor or anything else. But, I again, trying to put things in perspective. <laughs> Wait a second. What was that appointment you had me come to? Exactly. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, look, at, I, I want to I I, I bring up just – again, I'm trying to <laughs> – Put things in perspective, all right? Now, on an annual basis, on average, 25,000 people a year die of the flu in this country. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because 20, you have- Every year. You have the elderly, you have yeah, infants. I right. mean, it's horrible, but right. there, there is, you know, like, a, I mean, especially in some rural areas where you can't get help in time. It was just a couple of years ago out in the Westlake Village area out here that a teenage girl died of the flu. And in fact, uh, Denise, my ex- she knew the mom. Oh, that's awful. Oh, and, it's awful. And your parent and your and your child dies of the flu? Like, really? And the doctor's explanation for it is people die of the flu. I mean, it, it, you don't think about this because, well, get the flu and, you know, you go through the miserable... But you know, yeah, you delusion. Fever, I mean, the, she didn't have any. She didn't have any pre-existing yeah, conditions. Nothing. Terrible. She was a perfectly healthy teenage girl. She gets the flu and she passes away. No, look, it's statistics. So, and, yeah. so when we talk about this first death in the United States, as opposed to the average twenty-five thousand deaths per year on average of people that die of the flu in our country, it, it, it's alarming. In Look, we're in the business, and when we do it, look at I'm I'm the worst culprit of this. A lot of a lot of times, people are always scream at me about sensationalizing things in sports, but sports is not serious. I mean, I know it's serious for some of you out there, and you you live and breathe it all the time, but it's part of the fun of sports. It's the toy factory, but when you sensationalize things that are really life and death, like real things, this is where I have a problem. If whatever your motivation is to sensationalize things beyond what they are. Now, you could always use the fear of the unknown. There's no greater fear than that. We all fear the unknown, which is really taking advantage of people in the beginning. So why I mention this is that it's infiltrating 
the sports world. We're talking about maybe the cancellation of the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. We're talking about now soccer matches around the world where they're not even allowing anybody into the stadiums. Are we going to get there? Are we going to not well, allow well, people to gather in on. crowds with the fear I'll give you that a somehow a disease that we still don't really know 100% about is going to prevent us from living our lives? You mentioned a toy store or a toy factory, right? right? You know, And it's true. Sports, like you know, many other forms of entertainment, it's a place for all of us to sort of hit pause on whatever's happening outside of our lives and not take things as seriously as we usually do or have, you know, ridiculous debate over issues that don't impact us personally. But, um, okay, make this closer to home. You know, say your favorite toy store, you know, a kid who had this coronavirus uh, was what uh, frequents a, a certain a toy store or a certain playground or a certain or even went to the same school as your kid. You're telling me with young children, you wouldn't try to do what's best for them and 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 protect them from. That's what people are reacting to. It's not just the fact that the sports community is re- the whole world's re- re- reacting to this because it's something novel. In fact, when they talk about it, they talk about how unique the strain of the virus is. And I think that's what's really baffling scientists, doctors, the the medicine community is that we haven't seen this strain before and that it is contagious enough that a province in China uh, had mortality rates that are higher than the average flu. And so, look, I'm not a doctor, neither are you. We talk about these things because they relate to sports. Is there an alarmist culture in our culture and really in the society of our world? Yeah, absolutely. Things get sensationalized by news media. Every single time there is a snowstorm brewing in the Northeast, they now give it a name. You know, it's snowocalypse. It's uh, it's megastorm, you know, Harry. It's sweeping. It's uh, the, yeah, bomb cyclones. They call them all these really scary names. And guess what? In the northeast of our country, and I grew up in New York, I played football in at Penn State University. I played football when I was with New England, lived in Boston. The stores ran out of bottled water because that's what happens when you alert the masses that something awful could be headed our way. On the other side of it, usually the survival rate is pretty high. But in the interim, there is interest in protecting those who you love and those who you're concerned about. And so I get it. I, I mean, okay, at first but, blush, I get it. But again, when we go back to this amazing stat that 38% of Americans won't drink Corona beer because of fear of coronavirus, 38%. Well, you could argue this, some this, are misinformed this, here. Okay, but, but that's the whole point. In other words, what that number illustrates is how gullible, how naive people really are. You know, we, we, we talk about, like, how could you be fooled like this? And this stat, 38% of, of Americans won't drink Corona beer because of fear of the coronavirus. Can I just say, you remember when Jay Leno would go out and he would ask about 100 yes, people questions, absolutely. right? absolutely. Most of them man would get on the, the street. Man on the street. Most of them would probably get these very simple questions correct, but he'd handpick the ones... Very simple trivia questions where they'd get it wrong, and you're like, "How could people get this wrong?" By the way, those I, are the people asked, that think coronavirus is in Corona beer. Uh, Jay Leno did the Tonight Show across the street for we used to uh, do our radio show, and we went to the Tonight Show because 
Marvin Smitty Smith was the drummer of the then Tonight Show. You remember uh, uh, Kevin Eubanks and everything else. And I asked, I literally asked Leno about the man on the street thing. I said, did you pick and choose? He goes, I didn't have to. They said we high? would go out and we we could interview 10 people look, look, just randomly. People don't read. We didn't have to pick it. and choose. We could Listen. just literally randomly walk up to 10 people and get a segment out of it. I didn't you know it was that high. You can confuse sports fans. You can confuse people who are, look, politicians get caught sometimes. Where almost in a man-on-the-street format, they ask him about a country that doesn't exist. In fact, Sasha Bourne-Cohen uh, did this with many of our elected officials. He would pretend to be somebody he wasn't, and absolutely humiliate these people. It yes. was a show he did on HBO. I love the show, by the way. I love Sasha Bar Cohen. He, I think he's a genius. Here's, here, here's, here's my take on all of this. If somebody walks up to you, and you're a UCLA Bruin alumni, and you mm. pay close attention. Yes. Uh, but if they say to you, man, you know, and you knew that, you know, USC was in their conference schedule and lied to you and said, man, did you see the Arizona game? They beat them up. And you felt in a moment embarrassed because you're a sports talk host and you got caught, right? Maybe you start agreeing, agreeing, agreeing. Yeah, crazy game. Oh, man. And then they go, well, that never happened. That's what people want. That people want. It's a herd mentality. But let me ask you this from a sports people, mentality. All yeah. right, so we've had one death. Let's say it's a 1,000 deaths. Sure. Let's say within a month, a 1,000 people in the United States have died of the coronavirus, and now everyone's really freaking out. The economy's tanking, and now people are so paranoid about being in the same space with other people that they just decide, look, uh, all, all arenas in the United States will be shut down. We'll play the games. But all, would this upset you? Would this with this suddenly taking things way beyond reason? Look, upset. I, 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 I'll tell you this: it would upset me. You, you, it's I'm already upset by it because this thing is completely spiraling out of control. Look, we we I here in our country we have a free country, right? Okay. Do we have a free Hang country? On. And and I we give a lot of people a lot of choices. And I mean even in, in medically. I mean, you have people make decisions on on vaccinations and that's their right. You have people who make decisions on where they send their kids based on their allergies. There are schools now that ban certain foods because we're protecting the herd. We're protecting the pack. Um, whether you like it or not, that's where we're at in our culture. So, you know, the same well, way. That's not a healthy culture. The, well, the same way if you have your kids sign up for youth sports, you're not allowed to bring a peanut butter sandwich because one of the kids could have a severe nut allergy. It's the same way you look at this. Okay. Coronavirus outbreak. Is the Olympics more important than keeping people safe? That is that is the question posed to the IOC. That is the question posed to the NBA about their arenas and filling them to capacity and collecting the gate money. Is that gate money more important than potentially having people uh, uh, come down with this new novel virus? Potentially I know, I, anything but, can happen. Okay, I know that. but, but At that, all times. But, but that is the culture we live in. Again, yeah, But you're creating a fear and, and, culture is what you're trying to do. You're just saying, when you say it's a free country, it's not that free if you're taking away everything from people out of just fear. What we're finding out, it's so easy to create fear. 38% of Americans won't drink Corona beer because fear of a coronavirus? 
You talk about creating fear. Well, I'll tell you right now, you're actually healthier. You actually stand a better chance to fight the virus <laughs> drinking a Corona because, again. Uh, not, you, I'll tell you well, what. Hang on. You squeeze a little lime in there, a lot of vitamin C. By the way. A lot of vitamin C. This is a fact. On average, five people a year are killed in shark attacks. Five. Mm. 150 people a year are killed by falling coconuts. Go on. There's actually a stat there. Would you be? Would you think that you, we talk about the fear factor of sharks, right? We create the jaws and everything else. Oh, I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to get killed by those sharks. Five shark deaths per year, as opposed to 150 deaths from falling coconuts. Well, you know what? It's, this is a fact, also. Mm-hmm. I, me, Rich Hornberger. Yes, I've eaten more sharks than have eaten me. There you go. And I think most people can say that. All right, what are we talking about? <laughs> We're in the game. Yes. Can I get run th- one thing by you? There's not really yes. a point here, but you're such a sports encyclopedia yes. uh, archive, right? right? There was a football game. I think it was in the Big Ten around 1903 that okay. was played in front of zero people. Zero people. Because yes. of the risk of uh, the flu. Even well before, almost yeah, two well, decades in 1918, before, like, the 30 flu. million people worldwide were killed by the flu. That's that's what we well, call a okay. pandemic. But thirty million yes, people were killed. With a smaller world population. Oh, but the influenza. Yeah, yes. I, and all I'm saying, and yes, yeah, so the percentage was way up there. Yeah. All I'm saying is that is exactly what people are concerned about. Is that if something so novel and new and different were to, you know, a foreign body, a virus, were to attack enough people, and it was contagious enough, you, you could have. Hospitals similarly overwhelmed. You could have a situation where young people, healthy people, are passing away from you know this this virus that at some point seemed controllable. It wasn't. It wasn't. But what last year or three years ago, where in West Africa Ebola broke out, and we had a similar interest in containing it. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think the lengths that we're going through current day were taken. Like where. You know, people were talking about canceling sporting events and things like that. In Brazil, the Zika virus, the mosquitoes biting, you know, uh, childbearing years women or or pregnant women and babies were being born with smaller heads as a result of this virus. Uh, like, there, there have been moments. I mean, the Rio Olympics were in Brazil at that time. There were moments where sporting events were disrupted in some way. Some countries didn't allow their athletes to go for the Rio Olympics. It, it's not unprecedented. It's not unprecedented. But it's not right. It's just not right. That, that, that's my point. I mean, you know, it's not unprecedented. That doesn't make it right. It's swimming with sharks. You don't know what's going to happen. You it don't may, know may anything. You. you walk out the door, yeah, no. you don't know yeah, what's going to happen. I mean, but but some, perceived risk versus yeah. what is Every actual Every time risk. you get beyond the wheel of your car, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, right. especially when you're in your car with a shark. That's mm-hmm. terrifying. Yes, exactly. Or if you have coconuts above you. And your sunroof is open. I will never, ever hey, get in a car with coconut water and a shark again. Don't right. you demonize the coconuts, all right? All right let's, get, let's get back to far more uh, unsubstantial stuff like sports. Uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Um, let's talk a little bit about the NFL once again. Get back to one of the things we talked about very early on and what has come out of this year's NFL Combine that gives us a clue of what to come in the upcoming NFL Draft. Coming up next. Are you tired of staring at that dent? At Mako, getting collision repaired is as easy as book, quote, fix. Come to Mako for a collision repair backed by our best price guarantee. Uh Uh-oh, better get Mako. 
Steve Hartman and Rich Ormberger. By the way, coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to be joined by our dear friend John Paul Morosi. Fox Sports, Major League Baseball reporter. I haven't talked to JP in quite a while. He used to be a uh, a regular on my show years ago here nationally. and Always great stuff. You know, we JP. got uh, spring training off and running right now. The baseball season is right around the corner. Which, you know, I, as a prelude to our conversation with J.P. Morosi, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the, well, look, the news has certainly died down around the Astros sign-stealing scandal. A lot of p- apologies have been given, okay? There has been a lot of, um, I, I would say, sort of half-truth said about the whole situation by their owner, Jim Crane. Uh, I won't delve into the subject uh, too deeply because we've all seen the, uh, the the press conference he held prior to spring training with Dusty Bass, Baker flanking him, and it was, it was really just a parade of nonsense. But here's an interesting note to pass along about Astros spring training as it progresses. The batters are being thrown at. As of middle of this week, and I haven't checked on it recently, but as of middle of this week, seven Astros players have been hit by pitch. Right. There are Vegas odds on how many more will incur the same fate throughout this regular season as we're heading towards. But baseball is going to have a problem at some point with this. Because, I don't think it's a problem. Well, well, hang on. I'm saying baseball will because the Astros players at some point they're going to complain. And we were talking earlier about the NFL and their CBA issues with their owners and the strength of their union, blah, blah, blah. Well, Major League Baseball has a very powerful union. And if enough of these Astros players put in a complaint with their union, how is this going to be handled? Is this going to have to be headed off at the pass by the union? Is this going to be an ownership issue? Is Major League Baseball going to going to have to set a rule so that pitchers can't go after Astros players, otherwise it'll be an automatic ejection. How do you legislate all this? Because we're heading towards a regular season where we may see an Astros player hit by pitch every game. And I am all for it. I mean, I have no problem with that. See, the problem, again, is is when the commissioner's office decides that they're going to handle something that should have been handled by the players all along. Baseball is this way. Baseball has always been about cheating, and when you get caught cheating – the players police it themselves. We'll take care of this. And I've talked about pitchers in the past have always said this, like stealing signs has been around since the beginning of baseball. Oh, no doubt about and that. And so the way you would deal with it simple. Let's say, you know, a team is stealing signs and maybe they got a runner on second base and he's relaying information to the hitter and we're, and the catcher's well aware of it. He's on to you. And so he puts down one finger well, let's say he puts down two fingers. Sure, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's indicating maybe off-speed pitch outside. But that's not the pitch the pitcher's going to throw. Oh, no, it's fastball high and tight. So the second the guy relays to his thing, look for some something breaking ball away. So he's braced for that, and, and he he's going to lean, lean over a little yeah, bit yeah, on yeah. the plate. Boom, right at the chin, and he goes down. That's how they would do it. That's that's the way base. The reason players are so upset at the Astros is that there was sort of a decorum on how to cheat. 
And it, it, like you say, it was almost an accepted thing like, okay, you know, there's there's some creative ways to do this. Yeah, there's wiggle room. But what they did, at least according to all the other players, is you, you went way over the line. Right. And so they're going to pay the price. And even the commissioner has made it clear when he's been criticized about not penalizing these players enough or, you know, giving them immunity and all this kind of stuff to give them a clue of what was actually going on. He even said, look, these guys are going to be paying the price. Their careers are going to be forever judged on what happened here. So okay. they are paying but the price. Slow down, slow down. But as far as throwing at hitters, okay. brushback pitches, hitting batters, and everything else, I'll give you a guess scenario. what? That's part of the game. And I don't think anything's going to be said about it because as many Astro players that may complain about it, there's 29 other teams' players who won't be complaining you're, you're about it. You're commissioner of this league. You have to prepare for the worst-case scenario. He's already said it. You have to prepare for the worst-case scenario, though. So check this out. And this is the worst-case scenario. All of a sudden, season starts. We're in month two. You know, we're, we're heading toward the summer months, the dog days of baseball. Not a lot going on on the sports scene. And all of a sudden, one of these Astros players gets beaned and killed. Okay, like, no one's going to get beaned and killed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But that, mean, you're, you're throwing what a... What are you uh, doing? A coronavirus thing no, again? No, listen, we'll talk to J.P. Morosi right, about right. this. Nobody's you have to gonna prepare get for the worst-case scenario. No, 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 please. And again, the fear factor here. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Corona, Corona baseball? You get beaned while you're drinking now? a Corona. Okay. <laughs> that look, all I, right, let's find out what's trending right now once again. Oh, boy. David Gascon. Hey, remember back in the day when uh, when players used to police the game? Yes, they do. No, no, no. I mean, no. the That's NBA no. was like this. All sports. Major were League that Baseball way. was like this. The yeah. NHL was like this. Yeah, we'll take care of it. Yeah, like yeah. you you could throw up and in at a hitter and brush him off home plate, or you mm-hmm. could protect your own players by. Wearing it's the best guy of the it, other team. But but what happens if we're 40 games in and the Astros players have been hit by 40 pitches? That's not my problem. <laughs> Listen. It's somebody's w- problem. Would you be willing to take 40 pitches, whether it's to your ribs or your back or your legs, if you got paid $500,000 for winning a World Series? I would. Uh, I would do it for free, Gascon. Okay? What's different? I don't even need the World Series. Just sounds like a great Sunday. Five hundred thousand dollars, World Series. Yeah, not bad. I mean, you're you're a champion forever. Come on, Rich. What's wrong with you? Well, well, then, then your legacy, though, you've already been tarnished. Your legacy is stained no, no, by no, no. the uh, the cheating. You know, scandal. you know, Reggie Bush is still a Heisman Trophy winner, right? He is, according to other Heisman <laughs> Trophy winners. <laughs> yeah, but not not the Athletic uh, Downtown <laughs> Foundation Trust of Heisman Trophy. It's all crust now. There is no downtown. Yeah, there you go, guys. Of the NBA. All right, uh, let's see. Yes. Giannis went for forty-one and twenty. Bucks beat the Hornets in Charlotte, ninety-three eighty-five. College basketball today. Number ten Creighton got beat by St. John's, ninety-one to seventy-one. On the ice, Rangers got beat at home by Philadelphia, flat five to three was the final. And Calgary leading right now in Florida over the Panthers by a score of one to nothing. No spring training reports. Gavin is not making money. Back to you guys. All right, very, very good. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. David Gascon. Once again, we're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Joining us right now, someone I haven't talked to in a while. In fact, I don't even know if he's still the same person. 
because to me, he was either JP or John Paul. Is it is it just John now? I mean, are you I, have you have you dumped the P, the Paul, Mister Morosi? <laughs> well, Steve and Rich, uh, good afternoon. Great to be with you. I I would say this, Steve. I still answer to John. I still answer to John Paul and JP as well. There are probably a few other <laughs> various nicknames I have acquired over the years that I will also answer to. But I would say this. Since we go way back, way back to my, my very earliest days at Fox Sports about a decade ago, uh, you can call me, my friend, whatever you would like. So I will do that. Nicknames that, 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 that come up to mind. And, and, Rich, certainly if you want to do the same thing, you can call me whatever name you want. <laughs> well, to me, <laughs> JP it. will always be JP. So let me ask you this, John Paul. Let's talk about – we were just talking about the whole dynamic with Houston Astro players. They're being hit during spring training games. It's very evident that their colleagues in baseball, other major league players, feel like they went way over the line in their cheating practices because there's some acceptable things that we get, some that are not. Is baseball going to do anything about this? Are they going to put their foot down if this really becomes a firing squad on the Astros all season long? Well, I think that we will see more in the regular season than we are right now in terms of what the league will actually do. Uh, I, I do believe that some of the hit-by-pitches so far have truly been accidental, that they have not been intentional. Uh, I think when you see a pitcher out of Class A or Double A and he's, and he's hitting somebody with a, with a breaking pitch or, or he's just not able to find the strike zone, hit somebody in the, in the fifth or sixth inning of a game, I, I don't think that really rises to the level of being a, a purpose pitch with, with intent to really exact some retribution for what transpired in 2017 and 2018. It does seem to me that we have a little bit less conversation about it right now than we did maybe a week ago in terms of uh, what players are saying. I, I do think that the rhythm of the year has a, has a momentum of its own where a lot of players came in and said their piece early on uh, and did so very forcefully and I think candidly and, and appropriately at that point. I believe, guys, that as much as the, the hit-by-pitches could certainly become an issue and, and remain one during the course of the year, I think the larger question will be how they are received on the road and what effect that has on their psyche. Uh, the, the report came out from, from John Heyman recently, of course, a colleague of mine at MLB Network, uh, who had just recently visited with the Astros. And he said, uh, his report said he believes that it's going to be a very long year for them, a very difficult year, because of just the negativity and the heaviness of that. That, to me, is, is the is the difficult part, and certainly Rich knows this for just for being an athlete, just how you go in and how, how hard that would be to basically every time you play on the road to feel that collective negativity in the stands uh, and maybe even a bit at home as well. It's, it's going to be a hard way for them to go through the year, uh, and I think baseball, because of just the nature of the game, is going to make it even more difficult than it would be in football where you're on the field and you can kind of take that negativity and it's just that, that big emotional rush. Baseball, it happens much more gradually and over time, and I just think it's going to be a really hard way for the Astros to go through the 81 games they play on the road. You know, one of the players who is critical of the sign-stealing scandals has been spending more time in spring training on the trainer's room and on the diamond, and that's Aaron Judge, second-place MVP voting, the Rookie of the Year, or I should say American League Rookie of the Year, uh, back in 2017. Altuve took the title. You know, it's interesting, though, with Judge. Since that year, 
well, he's had all-stars. His at-bats have tailed off. His health has been questioned at times. He now has right shoulder soreness. What's going on? I know you spent a little time in Florida this week. Yeah, Rich, that's a great question. And I think in terms of the the on-field issues, I think maybe the biggest one right now for the Yankees is uh, what's going to happen with Stanton, what's going to happen with Judge, and when are these two pillars of their lineup um, going to be back and, and, and healthy. And it's a very good point about Judge. I mean, he really has not been able to, to play in games here, and, and the Yankees don't even have a timetable for him to come back uh, in terms of when he's going to be able to, to get on the field and, and resume a normal spring training routine. Uh, the, the, the hope is, of course, that he'll be there in the middle part of the lineup, likely batting second if he's able to get healthy. But if he can't, uh, then they probably have to go and, and almost try to resume their, their playbook from last year and the names like Mike Talkman and Clint Frazier and guys that had count on last year uh, now become all of that much more to the forefront. And I would also add as well the Tommy John surgery of Aaron Hicks of course, he is not fully back yet either, and there's probably it's probably going to be maybe June or so before he's able to get back full strength to be in the lineup. So, if you imagine the Yankees at full strength having an outfield of Stanton, Judge, and Hicks, they've got none of those guys right now, and and certainly for Aaron Boone, he would rather not have to go right back to that playbook from 2019 and have have all these guys who have had to come in and step into the lineup and be counted on right from the beginning of the year at, at a time when, candidly, they're not fully sure even Miguel Andujar coming back after his injuries last year for a full season what his workload's going to be able to look like. They're certainly optimistic on Andujar, but hard to really know that for sure. So, uh, Richard, it's a great point and a lot of questions right now about how that Yankee lineup's going to look, but right now they don't really have a lot of answers on Aaron Judge. He is not yet cleared to get back into games, and there is no definitive date as to when that's going to change. JP, call me an old-timer, call me a traditionalist, but every time I hear about people complaining about the length of baseball games, it convinces me they're not baseball fans. The people that complain loudest about baseball games being too loud are not true baseball fans. That being said, this three-batter rule is going to be a nightmare. I mean, imagine a scenario, JP, where you bring in a relief pitcher, you're up by two, the bases are loaded, he walks the first batter, now it's a one-run game. He walks the second batter. Now it's a tie game. It's got to pitch to another guy. He grooves when the guy hits a grand slam. Game over. And you, right. you have no option. I mean, I and and do, are you really? Do they have any idea how much time they're going to save by the three batter rule? Give me what was the thought behind this and the possible repercussions. Well, so the thought behind it, and it's a great question, Steve, that you ask about kind of where things are, are, are laying out here with this particular rule change. The thought behind it was that pitching changes late in games are inherently time-consuming. And the league wanted to minimize that, that drag on the time that you see with multiple changes, uh, often in games that aren't even necessarily a one-run game. Uh, that was their reasoning for it, that it would speed up the game. I personally am not a fan of this change. I, I, I like being able to, to match left and right. I, I like the strategy of it. And also, to your point, one of the more interesting things that happened in the last year or so is the ability to generate offense against the bullpen went up, not down, in 2019. There was more offense late in games last year than it was the previous year. And I was of the mind that perhaps the league would revisit their thinking on this and realize that, you know what? We don't need to do anything to somewhat artificially 
boost the offense again because th- there was more success in general against relievers, which, candidly, I think has its own way of, of bringing action into, late, into the late innings. The reason why this came into being, in part because of the, you know, the, play, the pace of play and, and the amount of time spent, was, yes, to maybe curtail the excessive pitching changes, but also address the, the lack of action late in games. So the pace of action, quote-unquote, is what we hear often discussed. But the pace of action last year was higher because there was more offense late in games. So I, I just think, guys, in general, uh, that the, the thought and bringing this out, I, I'm a big believer that the, the commissioner's office has done a very good job of, of drawing out a lot of really good ideas that have been collaborative and, and really directed towards making the end product better. I, I'm all for that. I just don't think this was necessary now. I think if the circumstances were vastly different in the game from a run-scoring standpoint, I'd, I would maybe have a, a thought about this. But I simply don't think it's necessary at the given moment, um, and I'm a little surprised that it still moved forward. And I will be interested to see uh, just how it changes the way that the game looks and feels in the late innings here in 2020. JP, you know, I'm glad we're getting an opportunity to talk to you because I, I remember all the way back in October – there, there was a follow-up on the story of Tyler Skaggs' uh, overdose in his hotel room. And, uh, you know, it, it, it confirmed some suspicions that it was drug-related. And then, you know, further beyond that, Eric Kay, the director of communications, was investigated by the DEA. And, you know, there were things found in that report that were alarming, that potentially five other players or staff members, potentially and players, were addicted to opiates. And it just felt like there was a bigger story there, and then it all went away. It just all disappeared, and we haven't heard much about it since. How has Major League Baseball followed up on this story, or has this Astros cheating scandal really taken center stage and all of the attention away from what really was a tragic loss in the Major League Baseball community? Well, it's a, it's a, I'm glad you brought it up, Rich, because it's obviously a, an overall wellness question and societal question that I think we all uh, have to look at very seriously and, and consider. MLB did announce back in December, so they made the announcement back then around the winter meetings, that MLB will this year begin starting to test for opioids and also cocaine. Uh, and and it's, it is a, a program that is done more from the standpoint of helping players out then punishing them. Uh, the, when they made this announcement, Rich, it was very important to point out they only only players who do not cooperate with those treatment plans, according to the Associated Press, would therefore be subject to any discipline whatsoever. Not even talking about a suspension, but just discipline of any kind. Oh, wow. So uh, it was uh, they're classified right now under the the current big league drug plan um, as uh, the, the testing plan as being a drug of abuse, which has been, it's been listed that way for a while. But now I think as a result of, of, of Skaggs' passing, there is now a greater awareness of it within the MLB family, so to speak, and, and they want to help players um, who may be struggling with this particular issue right now. So I, I think it's, it's a really, I think it's a collaborative way to go about it. Of course, this has been worked on between MLB and the Players Union. The, the, the end goal here is player wellness and player safety. And I, I think as, as long as it is done, as is, as is the case here, uh, with, with an eye toward empathy and not punishing, I think that's the right way to do it. And, and to make players and staff comfortable seeking help uh, and also just bringing information to the attention of those who can help people and making 
counselors available, making treatment plans available, and destigmatizing that. I think it's so important. So I'm glad you brought that up. The answer is yes, they are going to be testing for it this year, and it is going to be done in more of a vein of, of identifying those who need help and helping them get that help as opposed to punishing those who are, who are uh, unfortunately, in, in the midst of, of a struggle with addiction. Well, JP, so proud of you from those early days when you're just a young rising star to the superstar status you've achieved in the baseball world these days. We need to do this again on the weekends, JP. If you can find time with all your MLB <laughs> network uh, commitments, Fox Sports, every other outlet, just about anywhere where they talk baseball, you'll find John Morosi. Uh, JP, great stuff, man. Hey. My pleasure, Stephen Richards. I love the conversation. And on Sundays, of course, a lot of my time is spent in the family minivan. So I, as long as you guys are okay with the commotion of the Morosi family in our midst at times, I think we can keep it going on a Sunday. And, and Rich, uh, I would tell you as well, one of my freshman roommates went to East Meadow High School. So I think we're basically Whoa, already, uh, already family as far as I'm concerned. I, that's the first East Meadow reference on this show. Congratulations, oh, JP. Hold on, hold on. You know, <laughs> Thank you. you know. Thank you, Rich. Great to meet you. And Steve, again, it's been too long, my friend. I right. appreciate all you did for me early in my career. It means a lot. You're a great man, and you've been a great friend. And, again, thanks for all you've done for me over the years. We, we really will do it, it again sometime. Absolutely the great John Paul Morosi. Goes John Morosi there, you know, from JP, and I get all that. All right, uh, we return. We put a bow on whatever this was today coming up next. <laughs> There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Steve Harbin, Rich Orenberger, want to thank the guys today. And if you do have complaints about this show, they're as responsible as we are. We share everything, oh, the good yeah. and the bad on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. 
starting with Iowa Sam. We I, forward all hate mail to Iowa Sam. Yeah. I, I say this most times when we're leaving this building. That was a top five mm. show yeah. as far as I'm com- uh, concerned. David Gascon. We keep outdoing ourselves. Who was doing extended commentary throughout the show because he had so little to update us on. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, there yeah, were by the not way, a lot of updates. Gascon is our, our hourly co-host yes. we just bring him on and we yes. talk to him about whatever's on his mind and speaking of open mics gavin also is one of those people <laughs> that feels free to uh speak as at liberty and, and that's the way we work it on but with show. you guys everybody have, has an open mic i do but i do have a lot more fun with you guys of compiling audio of your various rants against <laughs> each other you have you have quite the uh catalog going down yeah don't listen you? I, I mean, I, we you, could actually show up on on a show and never actually be here, and you could just. And I run. just have recycled audio. Do you want to hear yeah. a little bit of it? What, what do we got? Sure, what, why, yes, a little mashup. Why not? Yeah. Did you know how many bridges are in Portland? <laughs> and I get back to Nicholas Batum because he's from France. He's from France. Yeah, Batum. Oh, no. Uh, there we go. Yeah, so I love your French accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I took French. So I didn't take Espanol Do you have any idea? Je suis un. Comment Nicolas Baton. The Eiffel Tower by far is the tallest man-made object in Well, in the France. Eiffel Tower was the there tallest is, structure in the world when it was built for the World's Fair in 1889. There, there, all you. structures mm. have to be two stories or shorter in Rich, France. how would San Diego State announcer Ted Leitner react if next year you just showed up and did a Bill Walton impression <laughs> I, game I, one I think you would I think you would be confused at first but he would just roll with it yeah he's, he's, he's got enough so problem many... with Rich Ornberger as he is right now believe me that's that's not easy that's you know, not that easy a good point yeah. yeah well that's a very yeah I just found uh, something about New York you didn't realize that uh, Brooklyn is the most populated borough and you're a New Yorker. I just had an update you on that. These are the little things I bring you. This information, steady stream. I love it. You are like no one I've ever met before. <laughs> what do you want me to say to you? You are, you are everything that's been missing. All right. So what's been missing is more sports talk radio, but it's coming up right now on Fox Sports Radio. The show is over. Goodbye. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.